And welcome back to the concluder of last month's exciting episode. The nominees, which can only mean one thing. This is the winners. And we're all winners here. As somebody bangs a drum. <laughs> this is a drum roll. I was trying to do a drum roll. <laughs> <laughs> as, my, as my beautiful co-hosts reveal them, so if you can tell, we've, bought, we've opened up the bottles of sherry already. And we're having a, a, a wee snifter of port. Here in the towers is it's that time of year we've let a hair down, which some of us may have or may not have left, and we're all enjoying ourselves. So, gents, without further ado, would you like to introduce yourself as the premature immaturity ran through there originally? But um, to my left, I have. Hello, I'll it's be me, on the Brian left. Wade. No, okay, Brian's on the left. Sorry. Yeah, <laughs> See what I mean? They've, they've had a drink already, so you know what I mean, it's all good, <laughs> boys. You know what I mean? In your own time, anybody? I mean. <laughs> Okay, I'm on the right. This is me, That's right. Vader. Also known as Charles. There you go. <laughs> so, the winners, how are we doing this? We'll do the concluder to the Game of Year Awards of Boy first and get that out of the way because it was what it was and it was mediocre at best. Um, and then we'll go into depth about our Game of the Years and we might even have a few listeners contributions in various shapes forms and disguises those damn decepticons are at us again and we may even talk about game of the destiny destiny no not game of the destiny <laughs> game of the decade like destiny we all know what, what uh what's on stewart's mind for game of the decade <laughs> oh dear no 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 let's not let's not get that i'm drunk but i'm not that drunk uh, <laughs> so yeah so game awards jeff keely Hiro Kojima, Tea Party. Did any of you watch it? Yes. I did not. Oh, you didn't miss much. Um, <laughs> Someone needs to tell him you're... how to look at a camera. It's so irritating watching him talk because he's constantly looking down at his feet. <laughs> his, his sneakers with his suit. I hate sneakers with suits. Oh, he's cool. He's cool. You're not, you're, guy. Not, you're, not a, you're not a Tenth Doctor guy then, huh? No, no. Apparently not. <laughs> Um, what did you think of it, first and foremost? Uh, it was cool did to you, see some things getting recognition. Did you feel it was more of a trailer show than an award show, perhaps? Yes, I did. It seemed to drag on quite long. <laughs> it's, it was long. So much news! So many games! It's not as if we have a big event in the middle of the summer called E3, you know what I mean? I know. I, to be honest, it was all worth it to see uh, Ghost of Tsushima. Like, I'm pretty hyped for that game. Mm. So it's kind of cool to see some more of more of that being shown. Mm-hmm. And then there's the new Xbox got shown. Woo-hoo-hoo. Oh, you um, mean the, the mini fridge, the bar fridge? The bar fridge. I don't. It's a big black. I don't care. It's a big black box. As long as it runs games well, I don't care. Do you know what I mean? I don't visually sit and look at the thing and go, "Wow!" I just p- plug it in and put discs into it, and then blow the dust off it every so often when I'm under my TV. 
Yeah, it's pretty much what hardware is, other than the Switch, because it's a bit mirror in your face. But um, yeah, I think it's, I think, well, they showed the trailer for Hell. Oh, what do you call it again? Hellblade? Hellblade 2, yeah. Simpson was Sacrifice 2 or whatever? Yeah, which looks interesting. Um, but again, it's just a tech demo on it. And to be fair as well, strong shown because they could have copped out in brackets and showed a Forza trailer or a Halo trailer or something a bit more traditional. But they chose to kind of show what a new studio they acquired is working on, which I think... They stole. They paid money for. Stole. What? The money talks in this world, as they say. So. Um, but um, yeah, it looks it, it looks good. Do you know what I mean? And it'll probably cost about. It's going to be up north for five hundred pound, I think, or five hundred dollars. I would say. I don't see it being under five hundred at launch. No, I, I I would be surprised if it was anything other than four ninety nine. Mm. Then there's rumors as well that it might be modular and stuff and. There's a whole. It's, it's the fun of a new console. We've seen the console. We've seen the controller. We don't actually know what's possible because it apes a PC very much in ways. Um, That's been the trend since this the current generation, right? Like that the current consoles are just built with off the shelf PC parts. So, yeah. I mean, that's that's the way it's going to go. And I would be surprised if they got too modular, but I would not be surprised if they are upgradable in some way. Yeah, I've heard rumor there might be a double hard drive space in it, so you can put two hard drives in it and yeah, stuff. And... That, that wouldn't surprise me one bit. It's also yeah. the term, the name Series X. Well, that's the thing. That's the thing. It came out a couple of days later that it's actually just called the Xbox. The Series X is the umbrella term for the new wave. So... There's been rumour for a while that there might be another machine in the works which yeah. isn't going to be quite as powerful. Be cheaper. Um, and that still might happen. And it's kind of... They've probably set the stage for it to happen because there's a lot of time between now and the end of next year to show it and be shown. With E3, I think they might show the new machine. The the, the sister machine, maybe. Um which would be quite interesting as well. So I don't know. I, I don't know how I feel about them launching two machines at once. Well, yes, yeah, so if, if not more than two. Hmm. It, it's just going to be a range, right? Like it's just going to be like you can buy the low end model for four hundred, or the model that everybody will buy for five hundred, or you can buy the the super expensive, bigger SSD model for six hundred, right? Yeah. Yeah, and they'll do a Scarlet edition as well, which I imagine might have a red case or something, because you know, like <laughs> yeah, X and that... Scorpio edition. <laughs> That's absolutely so. going to happen. Good old Xbox. Back. So, and ads for Sony. Sony are bringing out a thing that adds two paddle buttons to the back of the stock controller. <laughs> yes. It's like, screw bringing out an elite controller of our own. We're just going to give you an add-on that plugs in that gives you two extra buttons. I think it's, I actually kind of like it. <laughs> I think it's kind of cool. Because I cheap. don't... Well, yeah. except here in New Zealand, we get ripped off. But 
like all the pro controllers are all shaped like the Xbox controllers, which I don't like. I don't like the off-centered. No, all the pro stick. controllers. The good pro controllers have the option to switch to any I, format. Yeah, you're probably right, but it's also three hundred dollars for one of those, so I could buy a whole new console for that. So to have a little add-on, I think is actually quite a cool idea. Hmm. So, yeah, so that's out in it. January the 14th, I believe. And it's only setting you back £30 UK, so it's it's a it's a throwaway item, really, I think, you know what I mean? I think if you're if you're if you're hungry enough for such an item, your odds are you'll have a third party controller for it, if you know what I mean. Well um, that's what I'm saying, like I I'm keen for it because I'm not gonna spend two, three hundred dollars on a third party controller pro mm. controller. So I'm keen to to try it out. So it looks kind of strange why they didn't just go full out and just do an elite. I I, they, I think that's it's because the PS5 is coming out next year, so this is their stopgap measure. This is so the the thing that this really reads to me more than anything else to be is the PS5 is going to have paddles stock. The PS5 controller will have paddles stock, and this will be a way for you to bring your PS4 controllers forward. Well, that's that's the yeah, thing. Isn't it? Is the legacy thing as well? Because obviously, all Xbox controllers are going to work on the new machine as well. But it's got yeah. a share button, Woo-hoo! <laughs> which will obviously be missing for the new, the older versions and stuff. So, but it's an interesting, it's an interesting idea. But like you say, it is probably future proofing the, the the market instead of just coming out with a all shinging. But it's weird because Xbox, to come back to them, just released the revised version of the Elite controller. So it's less than, what, two months old, I think. So it's a bit late in the day to be bringing out a £180 controller. You know? For sure. Unless you're going to get they, used But they've to already it. got that that market built out, right? Like, I think for... Well, for a controller that was garbage, they've done well. Because the first Elite is, like, a really, really fragile piece of equipment. Yeah, it's, you know, I, I hear that all the time. But I, I'm still using my first Elite, and it still is per- in perfect condition. I think I, 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 I am like i guess notoriously gentle with my controllers though because like i always hear about people like destroying their their dualshock fours and their elites and stuff and i i still have the dualshock four and uh elite controller that came with my consoles or mm. like the elite that i bought but like the dualshock four that i came with my ps4 like yeah, it still works fine see my elite only gets brought out on special occasions yeah <laughs> i'm fear the rubber the rubber grip comes off it because that's that's what goes is the rubber and I'm yeah, just yeah. like, no. Luckily, I've got a scuff, so I'm kind of like, why, 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 why have ham when you can have steak? Because the scuff <laughs> is just a lot of the scuff, man. Xbox should employ scuff to make their controllers. It's as simple as that. It's, it's such a nice. It's, oh, it's just so nice. So nice. Um, but anyway, that's by the by. Um, other than that, any other trailers and stuff that got you excited at the show? Um, I'm throwing in the Wolf Amongst Us Two, which is a lovely to see. It coming back from the dead what is telltale well that's 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 the that thing um they're gone i think who purchased but they're still them? using the name right like it's still they're still calling them oh it's, it's a carbon copy because i think if you understand is that um we're not googling in real time kids honest um i think <laughs> the company that bought the wolf amongst us also bought the rights to another seven series for them um okay. i know that the guys on See the guys that own the Walking Dead license? They own the rights to all the Walking Dead games. 
So mm-hmm. they basically were the first to take like when the when the corpse was rotten. Um, well, they're saying that can't be right. They're saying it's done by Telltale. Um, but I know that the guys that were oh, that's, hmm, that's um. I know the guys that own the Walking Dead license took all the, the Walking Dead stuff for them, early doors, and then obviously this firm have walked in and uh, LCG Entertainment. No yeah, I just I, I just did some googling uh, because we're not doing that. Um, <laughs> Stuart's not doing it. I, I openly Google things on the podcast all the time. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, they own uh, they own the Wolf Amongst Us too, but they looks it, and they also own yeah. The so series. so what, what what I'm reading is that uh, that company bought the assets to Telltale in addition to some other some of the other properties. Hmm. I think they uh, lost the uh, Borderlands. I think Borderlands went back to 2K. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, and Walking Dead went back to top top flight, top deck, top dom someday. There's the one the one company that owns everything. Walking Dead now owns that as well. Um yeah, Skybound is the name. Yeah, Skybound, there you go, top, sky, dawn. It's all the same. It's all the same. <laughs> you you got um, there. I know the image of the wee man flying. That's all I remember. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I'm glad to see this, especially in light, uh, obviously this firm as well. They just this past week released the Batman series again because I think it's a case of it's changing our rights or something for the digital formats. But they re-released the Batman, the two Telltale Batman games, but they also to make it new have added a new a new R mode which is um, comes complete with a bundle or you can buy it as a separate if you already own the games. Um, and it basically puts a black and white filter on everything, but it accents certain things in red. And it looks really nice. So it's kind of like, I think it's just a case of they're trying to flex the muscle a wee bit and just show, like, by the way, guys, we've got these franchises and we're going to do them well, if you know what I mean. So it'll be yeah, interesting but I'm see. also reading, like, on this Polygon article, um, <clears throat> It says that uh, one of the owners of this new company, uh, the new Telltale or whatever, uh, apparently said that some workers from the original Telltale games will be offered freelance roles with full-time positions possible in the future. And that that, that reads pretty gross to me. Uh, I heard that as well. Yeah, I heard that as well. It's, it's, the poli- it's politics in it. It's the politics of the industry. Yeah. It's why not walk in and save the firm as it's gone under? Obviously, because the firm must have had a mat, and for what I hear, they had a a debt that ran into the millions because they owned the old Marvel and everybody money. They were the look creator of the gaming world, um, which funny enough gets saved by Necker, odd enough. Um, and I just think it's a case of if they, they, they box smart and they do it right, they, they could end up with a decent wee earner on them. They just need to, I think if they just fortify the licenses they have. Because I think that was Telltale's problem is they kept, instead of just fortifying and making the license they had work, they kept growing and growing and growing and growing. And every time they grew, it was a licensed product. And every license comes with a fee. And that was where they kind of unstuck them, I think, in their, their growth, if you know. Um, so hopefully the walking, the Wolf Amongst Us 2 will be the start of some good things to come. Is it going to be done in the same style or are they going to be updating and modernizing it or changing it? I was I I know next to nothing about it, so Okay. Cool. Any other trailers? Nah, I can't remember any now. <laughs> yeah, it's been too long. <laughs> Man Eater was shown. If you like Jaws, it's worth a look. Also was announced that that was coming to consoles. It was prior uh, priorly a PC exclusive. Um was there's a war tactics was shown, but it 
is a PC exclusive and not an Xbox game, which I think is a fucking outrage. Uh, speaking as a fan, it looks it's basically XCOM in the Gears of War world universe. But why is it only on the PC? Yeah, that's ridiculous. No idea. That is really because now, what better title to to exploit the, the the fact you can plug a keyboard into your Xbox? Do you know what I mean? It's like, by the way, this is on PC and they could have revealed, by the way, it's coming to Xbox and you're like, oh, and it's like, oh, by the way, you can also, remember, you can still plug a keyboard and mouse into your Xbox and play and they're like, oh, well, that's maybe worth a try, you know? But, hi-ho. Yeah. The PS5 game Godfall was shown, wasn't it? Yeah, it's 2K? It's Borderlands people in it. Yeah, it's very different style. I, be- I believe it's for the same people behind Borderlands. That's a huge shift. Looks like a looter shooter, kind of boss rushy, kind of FPS, kind of. Looks interesting. Yeah. Lots of sparkles. <laughs> All <laughs> the sparkles. <laughs> Lovely. Uh, so I guess we should move on to the game, the games that won the awards. Yeah. Um, oh. Uh, we're not going to go through all 37 categories. <laughs> he he gonna... <laughs> once, once again. Um, Are we going from the, the big ones down or going We'll from keep the, the big up? one to the end. But is is there anything on the list that... That's the easiest I mean, way to do it. Looking at this list, how many of these things do we really have like strong opinions on? Uh, Mad, I don't think Mads Madsen should have won Best Performance of the Year. I'm putting that right out there. Uh, it was good, but there were better this year, I think, in that category. As we said, we were mentioning the control guys were pretty putting a good shift last episode, and I was a bit disappointed when none of the two of them got the shouts. Um, but I suppose Mads Madsen is a a name. He's a name! But he did beat Norman Reedus as well, so... Yeah, it must be a bit awkward. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. Uh, especially because I don't think Mads Madsen was there. I think it was Redis that was there with Kazuma, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah. What a, what, a, what, a, what, a, what a sad, sad point for the man. Anything else to take your fancies? Disco Elysium did well. Yes, it did. It was a bit of a surprise to a lot of people, but it wasn't a surprise to us. We'd already tipped it. Pretty well, didn't we? Last episode. Well, you did. I just don't know uh, what the game is. <laughs> uh, don't worry, it's coming to consoles next year. So there you go. You'll be able to enjoy it all. Able to play it. So yeah. uh, I mean, De- Destiny Two got an award for community support, which was pretty cool. Uh, yeah, it's like they they do do a really good job. Like that that is something that like despite like a lot of my complaints about the way that Destiny is handled, like they do a really good job of trying to. Uh, keep up with with player feedback and and work on things. So that's exciting. Well, they definitely had their slip ups, but they seem to have learned from those. <laughs> yeah, well, and they're continually learning. It's amazing how yeah. questionable a lot of their decisions are, but the game is just so much fun to play that it overshadows it. Uh, fighting game of the year was Super Smash Brothers Ultimate. Yeah. So it was was, was the DBZ game last year? I thought it was this year for some reason, but I guess not. It was last year, but because of the way this award show works, I think they cut off for it to be nominated this first week in November. So there's a bit of leeway 
and what kind of makes this year slash next year. So I think the argument, well, the prime argument for it was that Death Stranded came out a week before closing. Yeah. And a lot of people said, well, Star Wars missed the cut, basically. Is the exact, is, is, well, that's what we were saying the last show, is I was annoyed because Star Wars a, a, a cracking game that should be up for awards by now, but what's happened is it's missed the cut. So see next year's awards, you'll see Star Wars maybe in brackets appearing. So it was the same as Smash Smash Bros. Smash Bros. was the last November time it came out. Okay. So it's, it, it missed the official cut last year, but it's obviously made it up this year. To be fair as well, it was up for Game of the Year, so it must have been doing something right, you know what I mean? Yeah. But yeah, um, Dragon Ball Z, I think that's what you asked, Brian, that came out a while ago. They came out the same time as Monster Hunter. Oh, uh, okay. I, look, it all blends together for me. At <laughs> it <this> does. Point. <laughs> <laughs> um, and the Nintendo category, Nintendo won. Um, <laughs> Family Game <laughs> oh, of the Year. <laughs> Family Game of the Year was all Nintendo and Luigi's Mansion 3 won. And I think that's pretty fair. It's a good game. Fire Emblem Free Heroes as well wraps out the Nintendo Awards won uh, the show, which is quite interesting. I've not actually played Fire Emblem Free Houses. What, what category was that? Uh, best Strategy. Ah, uh, yep. So, um, anything else? Um, I'm just... Yeah. Art Direction, Control got that. I agree, you disagree. Yeah, it's all grey. It's not. All about the tones. It's all about the tones of grey, but that's what it's all about. Because you might get best uh, best studio, which I thought was about. I did. And it was also yeah. game direction. So, yeah. and, I, and so, to be honest, I think that's somewhat fair uh, with Death Stranding because it, it's a very unique game. Yeah, it's, it's, like it's, it's very different than anything else I've ever played. Fortnite get best ongoing. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I don't know. I I I just have no strong opinions about these games or like these game awards because I didn't watch them. So mm. fair enough. Um, uh, what else? Community, yeah, community support, Destiny. It's the only other one I've got annoyance is best sports game was Crash Team Racing. Like, fuck, come on. <laughs> like, come on. a PS1 game. Yeah, of a fictional thing. It's like, <laughs> it's a makeup cartoon character racer. It's like, it's in the same category as like F1 2019 Dirt Rally 2 <laughs> FIFA. Actual, I mean, everybody knows that it should have been great. Well, you know what I mean? It's actual bloody sports titles, like actual things, whereas Crash Team Racing wins it. It's like, it was best racer though at one, didn't it? It wasn't sports, uh, it was yeah. racer. So best yeah. sports slash racer, because they can't have just a sports category and racing oh, okay. category. So, Sorry. Yeah. Uh, um, I guess we're up to the big ones. Just, yeah. Uh, Odd enough, no, I found it really strange as well. Why the, again, I'll say it again, I'll say that last time, but why there wasn't a Pacific Switch, Xbox, PC, and PlayStation categories. I found that really odd. It's because there'd be only one game in the Xbox category. <laughs> <laughs> Gears of War 5, that's it. <laughs> that's on PC too, though. Yeah. Uh, there you go, that's why. <laughs> they can't have let, off, <laughs> let the Xbox guys not have a category. All right, you've got Scott on your favourite, most important one in the school. Best esports player slash coach slash event slash... 
Content creator Shroud. I don't know who he is. Shroud, Shroud deserves it. Shroud, Shroud's naturally gifted, so I'll give him it. I don't know. I, I, I thought you that lassie can. Fair enough, right? Nothing against the lassie, right? Fair enough, right? I get the point. I get our situation and stuff, but at the same time, they no wrong. It seems just now. And we all know that the ones that can't do no wrong are the dirtiest ones of all. Um, <laughs> but, I don't know who um, any these people I'm going to see Shroud. Are. I'm going, uh, Shroud's uh, one of the best FPS players in the world. Uh, he's just naturally gifted. Um, and he's for Canada, I believe. It's more information than most people know, but yeah. Yeah, no. I know, I know yeah. nothing about that dude, so. <laughs> <laughs> he's no ninja. Let's put it that way. <laughs> well, so, so game of the year, game of the year. Then what was it? Surprises? Death oh, Stranded. Go and tell us it was Death Stranded. Yeah, I, th- I thought it was that going to be Death Stranding. I'm not going to lie, because Jeff Keighley fucking loves him, Kojima. But apparently, it's it's Sekiro. Yeah. <laughs> Shadows die twice. It's a ninja game. And not only do Shadows die twice, they also get the two big awards. It also got action adventure game of the year. Yeah. yeah and it did, um, it did shockingly, surprisingly well. And uh, Devil May Cry 5 got action game of the year. Which was good as well. Nice to see happening as well. Think a bit different. I thought, I definitely think Sekiro, Sekiro taking game of the year was a real upset. Because. I don't think anybody really saw it winning. But it's the same as the year before when we had the fight between God of War and Red Dead. I wouldn't have seen God of War winning. So it's um, it, it always keeps things fresh is what it is being a by the numbers thing, you know? Well, yeah. I think people who don't like don't like games are a bit more vocal <laughs> than people who like them, and so you might see the negativity online. But the reality is, a lot of people still like said game. Well, there was just no buzz. There was no buzz going on. Yeah, I don't think. I don't think there was much shouting or anything really. Campaigning, I saw that. I saw quite a few folks saying, "Oh, this one, this one, that one." That kind of just snuck in, but we did say that as well, didn't we? That it, it could have, it was a sleeper hit, wasn't it? It could have snuck up as, as like, like the proverbial ninja. And uh, there you go, did the dirty, and it did the dirty. Very well done. Because Brian, you ended up liking Sekiro, didn't you? Yeah, I ended up, I ended up pretty, pretty high on that game, despite fucking sword grandpa. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck the sword grandpa. Oh, I felt so good when you beat him, though. <laughs> I did scream very loudly when I beat him. <laughs> uh, I want to I'm, I'm sure my neighbors were concerned <laughs> at how loud I was screaming "fuck you" over and over again uh, <laughs> on a school night. Shot on a school night. No, it was, it was actually it was a Saturday morning. Because <laughs> oh. wasn't that wasn't that like a Saturday when we recorded that podcast, Charles? I can't even remember now. Uh, it must have been. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it was. Yeah, yeah. Oh, nice. Yeah. So there you go. There you go. That was the ga- the official in brackets game awards, sponsored by everybody in the other side, including Subway. 
Eat fresh. Eat fresh. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So moving on to the real Game of the Year awards. Yes, our Uh, Game of the Year awards. Yes. Um, There is no rhyme or reason to this from what I understand. Uh, (laughs) No, just let's let's just tell each other what games we liked and why we liked them. Uh, We're limiting a number. We're putting a number on it, a cap. I find that hard, <laughs> but yeah. I can. Five, maybe? Sure. We'll, we'll go with five. Yep. Five, five of honourable mentions. Mentions of the honourable. I was saying, I, I, like, like I told you all before the podcast, I'm probably going to have like three, so. <laughs> but they may, they may have had DLC. So. That's true. Wow, I don't know if good. you can get five pieces of DLC out of Destiny 2, but you know. <laughs> <laughs> Not just one year. We'll get there. We will get there. All right, Stuart, Stuart do Yeah, you kick us um, off. Yeah, um, and I'm trying. Do you want to do honorable mentions first? Or just white right into the white meat. White meat. Yeah, sure. White. Oh, okay, white meat. Um, number five. Number five. Um, she had ten, so I can pick what I want. <laughs> um. I will say Trover Saves the Universe is my number five from my number tens. Um, Trover Saves the Universe is probably the best PSVR title I've played this year. Um, and it's from the same guys that made Rick and Morty. So yep. that says everything you need to know. Um, it is just Rick and Morty through a new filter. Um and luckily it's just been released on all platforms without the VR. Uh, it kind of loses a wee bit of the magic, but it's still an enjoyable romp as I'm playing it on the Xbox because it was that good. Double dip. Um, oh, this is okay. So this is from the same people that made Accounting too. Yeah, yeah. Accounting uh, was great. So I'll have to check. I'll have to check this game out. It's it's the the actual guy, the, the Rick and Morty guy. It's actually his studio. So okay. Sasquatch, oh, yeah. I think they're yeah, I'm seeing that now. Um, and it's just, it's just brilliant. It's really funny. You play uh, as a Cheeropian. Now, bearing in mind, this is this is when it was in VR. So the idea is, you're a Cheeropian who's an alien who's stuck in a chair and can't move. So uh, <laughs> you control the chair vertically, and you can teleport around the level. So it's it's basically a, pl- a platformer. Uh, you take control of Trover who has no eyes, but he puts aliens in his eyes. And every time he levels up, he, the aliens in his eyes eat other aliens. It's a strange game. It looks very horrifying. I'm, I'm looking at it right now, looking at it, images of it. It's just I don't, odd. I don't, I don't like the way Trover looks. Yeah, the, the, <laughs> eyes, with, the eyes with faces. Um, <laughs> and you're out to save your two dogs who the big bad has taken and put in his eyes. So the big bad has your dogs for eyes. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's it's out there. It's strange. It has some really, really funny stuff in it. It really shouldn't be funny, and it goes to some really dark places. But I really enjoyed it. It was just what was needed, a ha-ha funny game um, that played well as a wee puzzle platformer. What's the secrets and stuff? It's fun. Um, and if you're a Rick and Morty fan, it's a must. Good. We don't have to get super into this, but 
is it hard for you to be a Rick and Morty fan in 2019? Because it's hard for me to be a Rick and Morty fan in 2019. I don't know what people... Uh, yeah. <laughs> I just, you know, the 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 outspoken... It, it's kind of like, you know, it's hard for me to be a Star Wars fan in 2019 because of the weirdos that have co-opted that fandom. And I don't know, man. <laughs> being a fan of things in 2019 kind of sucks. All fandom comes at a price. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I kind of just take things for what they are. I try not to get too invested in things and communities, I guess, if that makes sense. Yeah. yeah. If I like it, I like it. Oh, well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Am I next? You're next. Yeah. Which I don't know if I like doing the top five in order, but um, it have to be in order. Just talk about five games that you liked. Yeah, just uh-huh. yeah. If they happen to come in an order, then they're coming in order. <laughs> I, I'm loosely putting this as in order in my top five, but it's not. It's not solid. It's not. It's not, it's not in concrete. Definitive order. Is yeah. the top five just not in the order you wish them to be ordered? It's a sliding order. Um, concrete genie. Yeah, I really enjoyed this game. Uh, the only criticism I really have is that I would have liked to have been slightly longer uh, and a little bit more fleshed out the world. But for the price tag it came with, it was a good length. Um, and I really liked the, the moral of the story, <laughs> the full house moral, you know, the good feel kind of thought <laughs> with you at the end. Uh, and it was just a cool world. Visually, it was, it was impressive and a lot of fun. Um, I'm assuming you guys know Concrete Genie and what I'm talking yeah. about. It's the one where you get a paint uh, magical graffiti on a dying dying fishing village to try and revive life back to it, basically bring happiness back to this this dying it's a warm and fuzzy game. Yeah, I, I really I really liked it. Um, yeah, as I say, the the, the genies were cute. Uh, the the VR edition that uh, was attached to it was a nice touch. That just was just I was having. I think I mentioned this on the podcast before when I talked about it originally. I was kind of having a bit of a stink day, and I chucked the the VR um, mode on for the first time, and I was just hanging out with my son. He was watching while I played it, and it was just it made me feel good. Like it was just a nice warm fuzzies and cheered me up because uh, it was just kind of cute and and vibrant. So yeah, it's it's a good palate cleanser. So if you haven't played it, it's probably cheaper now with the holiday specials. It's a good in-between game between the, these heavier, more serious, longer games that tend to, to keep coming out. <laughs> so it's a good mm-hmm. one to, to kind of in-between game. Yeah, thoroughly enjoyed it. And that's why it's on my list for Game of the Year. Nice. Well, my selection for first Game of the Year... 2019 the brian wade list is the legend of zelda Link's awakening oh nice it's a great game it's beautiful and it plays super nicely even if it's kind of frame ratey uh and it's took me a day and a half to finish because i still remember where everything was because it's the same game and it fucking ruled but it was like the best day and a half of video games that i've played all year good that's kind of all I have to say about it. It's just nostalgia, nostalgia it, wins. Yeah. It, 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 so, so it, it, in a in a year where I have experienced great and terrible nostalgia, um, the great end is Legend of Zelda: Link's Awakening. 
Good. Yeah, well, um, yeah. well, that that's on my list. So, oh, we never covered that. What happens if there's one? <laughs> <What happens>? <laughs> 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 same game. Oh, well, dear. Talk, talk, talk about what you like about it too, Charles. We'll just if, if one of us has yeah. it on, on, both of us have it on a list, or multiple of us have it on a list. We'll just talk about it at the same time. Yeah, because if go if if, if you're not doing yours in any order, then there's no harm putting it in your number four spot. Well, exactly. <laughs> um, <laughs> I have six on my list, so like the <laughs> oh, gee, oh, come on, you can't let the fight go. <laughs> we don't realize this. There's actually a meta game here, listeners. If you can get them in the actual order required, you could win a prize. It's true. <laughs> I like the prizes. You may never know. Yeah, I like prizes. You may never find out the real answer. But yeah, I I really liked it. I never played the original, so it was kind of nice going into it. Uh, and my most played Zelda game is linked to the past, which this is under the same style. Mm-hmm. And so it kind of felt at home, even though it was a new game. There's just a couple of times I had a few bugbears with the game, and that might be because I'm stupid. Or like there's one time where you literally had to get across like the water, but it's through a tunnel, and I just had to like you got to hit a random bit of grass that's not quite signposted. Yeah, and that took me age. I think I had to Google that. I was like, look, I basically <laughs> like walked everywhere because usually the classic Zelda thing is to put like secrets and there's like a perfect circle around them you know of like <laughs> bits of grass it's like clear that's something there this one wasn't and that threw me and i didn't find it but other than that as as you've said brian it was charming it was the graphic that the art style was great um like basically i wasn't really sold on the link amiibo i was like eh, it's a bit weird looking but as soon as i played the game i fell in love with the art style and i went out and bought <laughs> the 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 little link amiibo to match the game because it's great and i i, I didn't finish as quick as you brian but i did fin- finish it pretty quickly yeah yeah I, I literally just like sat on my couch for a day and a half and played that game and it was <laughs> it was nice if i felt like i was like 10 years old again and it was good good no it was very good and that's why it's on yeah, it's on my list uh it was a lot of fun to play and I actually finished it. Like, I felt like I wanted to finish the game, which not all games do that. Cool. Back to me. Yes. Um, I am going to go with Ape Out as my next game. Oh, Ape Out is a great game. That wasn't on my list, but I can talk about Ape Out with you. Because it's jazzy and hip and absolutely brutal um yeah what happens when you take hotline miami and turn it into a big gorilla escaping from various places like towers ships jungle labs and everywhere else and you just need to grab beat and smash every motherfucker that comes near you um really stylized super stylized so stylized it's just too cool for school um i loved it i loved the integration of the soundtrack Yep, that's exactly what I was going to say, is that is the coolest thing that I think a video game has done in a long time. The coolest single, like... Yeah, because you, you man, the, 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 way, the way that, like, those drum hits hit at the same time as you do your big swings and stuff. Yeah, man. Yeah. So good. Symbol smash as you smash, guys, and yeah. hundreds of thousands of pieces. Um, yeah, just a really nice, perfect, digestible title. I played it on the Switch originally, which is the a perfect platform for it. It's just those bite-sized levels and 
perfect for pick up and play. Um, yeah, if you've never played it, seek it out. It is a weird title, but yeah, I've heard good things. Was it you and Jeremy that talked about it on this podcast, Brian? I believe so. Yeah, I think I'm yeah. pretty sure that I, I I talked about it with Jeremy. It may have been on this podcast. It probably was. <laughs> <laughs> go find it. Go buy it. Go. Yeah. Go now. Do it. All Moving right, on. Just... Yep. Um. So here's one. Uh. That I was. I I'm not surprised that it made my list, but like it is a late entrant to my list because I. Well, I was out of town this past week, um, playing a lot of video games on the Switch, uh, staying at families, you know, like you have have those days where you're just kind of like all hanging out and watching TV or whatever. Um, I played through pretty much all of Pokemon Sword, and oh, cool. that game is fucking great. Uh, Controversial. I, I, I am not, yeah, like, I'm. I, it's not like I'm not a Pokemon fan. I've I've always been into the Pokemon games, but uh, picked this one up a little bit late. I didn't pick it up on release like I have traditionally for the past several releases uh but man like i just it just it went down real easy like uh, a lot of a lot of fun mechanics uh i'm not not super into the dynamaxing i don't know have you have either of y'all played this game at all yeah yeah enough to to find the dynamax pokemon yeah uh oh, okay so you you got like to the end close to the end oh no no like i fought a dynamax pokemon that's it. <laughs> I'm oh, only like an hour in. That's where they drew. That's <laughs> where they drew the line. You drew the line. You, you, went, didn't, nope. you didn't fight the. You didn't fight the dragon thing at the end. Okay. okay. No, no, no. Um. So yeah, like uh, the wild area is probably the coolest thing that they've added to Pokemon in a long time. I really like going out in like it, it, it's 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 cooler along the way than it is now that it's at the end and now now that it's just like this is where just where you're gonna spend a lot of time. Maybe it'll be less cool. Uh, but along the way, like. The idea of, like, running into a wild Pokemon and, like, being scared that it's gonna, like, actually kill my party, like, that hasn't happened to me since, like, Red and Blue, and it was really cool to just be like, oh, like, I ran into this, like, when I first started playing the game, I, like, I was out in the wild area for the first time, and I saw an Onix, and I was like, oh, sweet, I love Onix, I'm gonna catch me an Onix, have that in my team, Um, and then it tells you when you... when you encounter these Pokemon, like it says, like you encountered a strong looking Onyx or whatever, mm. uh, or very strong looking Onyx or whatever. Uh, so I run up to it and I encounter it. It tells me I encountered a strong looking Onyx. So I'm like, okay, well I'm going to toss a quick ball at it. And it just straight up won't let you catch the Pokemon. Like if they, if they are too high leveled. Uh, and of course the Pokemon will just destroy your party. So uh, I got lucky and ran away with one Pokemon remaining uh, live in my party. Otherwise, I would have gotten swept very early on in the game by a, just a wild Pokemon that I ran into. And that was super cool and interesting for a Pokemon game. I want to play it more, uh, but Odin Odin hogs the Switch, and he's, like, finished the game, whereas I'm still at the first <laughs> town. <laughs> yeah, and I think, I think it's uh, such a decisive, 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 decisive title amongst the, the Pokemon brethren in the world. Um... I, I just want to leave it at that and run away and hide. Um, yeah, <laughs> yeah no, we, we, we we're definitely don't need to talk about Dexit on this podcast. No, no, no. Um, no. I did, but but I mean, the thing I will say is, I thought it was kind of cool to that I like caught a bunch of Pokemon that and used a have bunch you, of Pokemon that were new and that I wouldn't have used normally because I would just gotten my favorites again. One of them's an apple. Um, did you uh, one try of them is the, an apple, and he turns into a flying apple dra- and, dragon, and it's sweet. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> did you try the raid stuff in it? The kind of 
team up with yeah the, the, and... the, the, that's like fighting the dynamax, dynamax pokemon in the wild area that's how you do those raids um mm-hmm. it seems it seems pretty cool like it seems like something that like i will probably uh get into more in the future but the the one thing i will say about it is that it is extremely frustrating that it is 2019 and nintendo still hasn't figured out how to do online connectivity properly it's because it's for the kids yep that's bad yep but the game is fun and good cool 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 uh, interesting story uh interesting characters like you you kind of have like three different rivals in this game and like all of them are pretty interesting in different ways um and uh Stuart, how far did you get in the game a couple i think i did all the gems okay so you you know you know as well as me that baya is bay so also i also like as well how some of the gems were a bit more interesting than your standard turn up at the door doing a hundred guys doing the leader (laughs) moving on yeah oh yeah no i I saw i saw a really funny tweet a while back that was like a uh, gym battles in Sword and Shield are like these giant, amazing like arena fights, and gym battles in all the other Pokemon games are you beating up a guy in the back of a Planet Fitness? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it does. Uh, it, in its defense, it does do a lot. It does. It does do a lot right, but it did totally go for the the, the hardcore. And it, it it'll be looked upon as the kind of black sheep, I think. But I think. It, it, We'll see. We'll see what happens next. This, this, this because yeah, we'll, we'll we'll see what happens with what with happens. like. I I would be so I I wouldn't be surprised if the future of Pokemon Sword and Shield is expansion packs rather than well the release we, right. We spoke about it kind of last show as well, and I was saying, well, that's what they could do is they could start filling out the back back filling. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And you could end yeah, up. Yeah, it doesn't even have to be big things. It's like, oh, like we dropped fifteen more Pokemon into the game, like yeah, through these. And they they can do like they can easily do it with these raid battles. So, what would have been quite cool as well is if they drop them in, but don't tell anybody. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and you just find and them hopefully in the that's wild. what they will do. So yeah, definitely. Right, Charles, you're next, in no yeah. particular order. Surprises. A plague's tale. Ooh, rats. Yeah, good, good rats. Yeah, I, I know. Good chat. Time. Good chat. Good night. <laughs> you haven't played this, Brian? No, I have not. I've I really like this. Yeah, I really liked it. It's kind of um, an understated game. It didn't didn't have a big fanfare release. It looked different, and so I took a risk to to give it a go. And I, I, heard I it was classified as indie the day, which I never actually looked at that that way because I was watching a thing on YouTube and they were saying this is an indie smash, and I'm like, really? Oh, really? Well, yeah, it didn't. It just definitely didn't have the fanfare that triple A games it's a, get. It's or... a double way. I, I call it a double way. Yeah, not a treble way. Yeah, yeah, but it's not an indie title. It's about as much. It's as, it's as in, I think it's as indie as Kojima's games are indie. <laughs> we all know how indie they are it's still it's still from a smaller studio uh probably a less known studio as well and mm. it's kind of cool to see new things come out that's not expected because we kind of expect most things and in general i really really like the story the characters are really good the acting of the kids was pretty well done kids are usually harder to do but they went um and yeah just i really enjoyed the whole experience the the uniqueness of the gameplay was fun uh you were mm. you're basically hiding from a plague of rats i've never done that before <laughs> in a video game 
it, it was grounded in in a, a, a reality of of events that have happened in history, but it had a, a kind of a nice fantasy twist to it, but wasn't ridiculously over the top with the fantasy. Uh, yeah, I haven't played many games based in France, so it was kind of it's kind of cool uh, in a lot of different ways, and it was unexpected, and I enjoyed it, and it got me going. Um, I again, I've talked about this on the podcast in the past when I played it. Um, I, I was sitting there in a tense moment. And I get a notification from my Apple Watch saying, hey, your heart rate's gone up. Are you okay? <laughs> <laughs> and I thought that was kind of cool. that, I, And I didn't even realize that my heart rate had gone up, but my watch did, that the game was making me feel tense. And it was, it was, it was kind of cool. Nice. Um, it was, you're again, so, it wasn't the most polished so game. for the sequel coming next year or the year after, but apparently in brackets, it's maybe happening. It's going to happen. Don't tell anybody. But um, <laughs> I'll lose a, a sequel in the the pipeline. I hear rumor. Well, again, this, it was a, it was a great game. Like more people need to play it, and the studio, I guess, needs recognition for the game it was. But I don't believe it did super well because it wasn't a massive release. Let's get the market. The uh, games with gold, PS Plus. About it. There's a whiff of that. It could be a freebie one month. But then again, it has a story-driven tale into it. So, Games Pass, Games Pass can dig it right there. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think it'd be. I think it would be great to have it on PlayStation Plus, so more people play it. But I think it's also it's better than that, if that makes sense. Like it's, yeah. <laughs> it deserves people to actually go out and buy it uh, because it was. Yeah, so I thoroughly enjoyed it. It wasn't super, super long. It was a kind of good, it was actually quite a good length, I thought. The only downside, because I'm trying to be honest and real, is they there are collectibles in the game and they did add flavour to the world. I think the best but there were there were like three different types. And it kind of took away some of the urgency at times when you're kind of fleeing from the Inquisitors and these this plague of rats. And, and you're like, I'm just going to look, run up against every single wall to make sure I haven't missed a secret path to find mm. some random item. And that seemed to take away some of the the coolness of the game. It's just gaming tropes in it. Well, exactly. And I don't think I actually needed it. The the one of the collectibles I did like was uh, you're playing as a, a young teenage girl who's you're trying to protect her little brother. Um, your family's being killed and you're fleeing from the brats and the inqui- um, inquisitors, the, the inquisition. Um, and obviously this little boy is, I think he's like five or six, maybe I was obviously Genius. very scared. And so you're trying to distract him at times. And he, he really likes flowers. Like his mum's taught him all about different types of flowers. And it's a really nice relationship building collectible when he will identify flowers and then you can go pick them up and your character and he puts them in your little boy puts them in your characters here and i think that's a really mm. nice that's a nice collectible but some of the other ones just took it too far like i thought i really like this game i want to platinum it so i went back to play through some of the levels again to collect them and i played through a level and i'm like i hated this this is awful trying to search for <laughs> everything that i may have missed just made Where's the shiny things yeah it made it things? it made it completely unenjoyable but just playing through the game and collecting what you do as you as you go naturally was was fun, um, and mm. that was fine. And they do add flavor to the world. It seems like everyone's doing the Dark Souls thing where the like, items have descriptions to add like backstory. <laughs> it's easy now, to shove one in backstory, isn't it? Yeah, uh, yeah. I, do a I system just, that you need to go online and read. Oh, 
Shots fired. Um. <laughs> but yeah, Plague, Plague's Tale. Uh, Innocence. I think it has a subtitle. A Plague's Tale. Innocence. Or is it a plague tale? I can't. I never remember. I don't know if it's plural. It's, or I, think it's a pl- I think it's uh, singular. There's no plague. plague a plague, a tale of innocence. Yeah, something like that. Saying. Anyway, if you're playing <laughs> along at home, I would say that's probably about number two on his list, just in case. <laughs> if you're still keeping score on your scorecards, um, <laughs> this game has a ten out of ten review score on Steam. Yeah, yeah. It's, that's all it's, we need. Everyone who's played it seems to like it. So. A hidden gem of the year. So, moving on back to me. This is yes. how tables. This is how going round the table works. We're at the number three or number three of my choice spot. Um, <laughs> let's see what's in the bag. Uh, that one. Uh, I'm going to put on the table a game that kind of surprised me, but I really, really liked, it. and it was Void Bastards, and I think it's brilliant and there's no getting away from it what is void bastards void bastards is a bit like a roguelike a bit like the stanley parable and a bit like a few other bits and bobs thrown into one laver neat package it's a pc xbox game and you a criminal yes you're a criminal aboard a massive ship called called the Void Ark. And specifically, and you're a rehydrated criminal, which is well, a you are many. Animal. You are many rehydrated, <laughs> many rehydrated criminals. That's that's the punchline. As you are many criminals, and and an, an infinite number of criminals. Um, and your goal is to get the bits and bobs required for fixing your ship to get it back, so you can serve the rest of your time <laughs> in jail. Um. Yeah, really witty, really, really funny. It's voiced by the narrator of the, the computer that talks to you as the same guy who voices the narrator in the Stanley Parable. It's really dry humour. It's really funny humour. And it's it's just fun. Uh, every run's different. You theoretically guide yourself through the game because it gives you the star map and it goes, the piece you're looking for is here. Um, and you need to go jump from ship to ship to ship to ship but you can take the path you wish you get to see what the threats are on the ship different enemies, more powerful blah blah blah, higher risk, higher reward you can jump ships, you have a limited amount of food so if every jump costs food and fuel so you can sometimes jump by ships without engaging them but you'll use up your fuel, use up your fuel and you drift through space in the hope that one day you'll stop somewhere run out of food and you'll starve um it's pretty simple um and i think there's water as well which is the same idea you'll you'll go first need tea um and it's just it's just really really it's a really nice really slick wee roguelike um and i really enjoyed my time with it and yeah it's on game pass buy it it's a a cool and fun game yeah yeah, it's it's very different. It's a very comic book looking art style, isn't it? Yeah, it's all shell, shell, shell shady. And it, I, I believe Kara Ellison worked on that one, right? Yeah, she she and was the main she's, writer. She's an excellent writer, and the writing in that game is excellent. So yeah, it's just Phil Scott. Uh huh. No, that I interviewed her. <laughs> I didn't interview her honestly the other time, although she has worked on Vampire Masquerade too, yes. which is quite interesting as well. So 
There you go. All right, I'm up. Yep. Let's talk, let's talk about another shooter roguelike esque game. Let's talk about uh, Remnants from the Ashes. Have either of y'all played this? Yeah, I spoke about it last episode. Oh, did you? Okay, I I listened to it. I was going to say you're you're you're, <laughs> that's, you're, that's you're, you're, you're preceding this is outstanding. <laughs> <laughs> um, that game is was a huge surprise. Um, I only started playing it like about a month ago or so. Uh, but I had heard, I had heard some, some people saying that they liked it or whatever. Uh, and finally picked it up and started playing it. And boy, is that game like one of the best feeling games I've played in a long time. Uh, sir, have you finished that game? He's silent. He hasn't finished it. I can hear no one. <laughs> I haven't Yo, played it. Sorry. I jumped, okay. I jumped Stuart, away. Okay. I, I jumped away for a drink. No <laughs> he's going to he's going to go into death about the the root and the <laughs> evilness of the world. I'll be fine. Don't worry. You've got time to get to the fridge. And... No, he wasn't. He <laughs> nope, wasn't. I, I I needed your opinion right away. Have you have you finished the game? Um, I got to the bit with the. I, yeah, I don't want to say the thing, but <sighs> I got one to of the, the most astonishing planet, things in any video game. Probably the most astonishing thing in 2019 video games was walking into that area. Like, seeing that title card pop up was incredible. Mm. Um, So, yeah, it's a a Souls-like, Souls-slash-Rogue-like third-person shooter uh, loot game. And it is incredibly well-designed. Like, the, the, the gunplay feels super, super good. The... Uh, the world design, despite being a lot of like uh, random randomized uh, dungeons, like it would would get, it gave me some worry of it being the uh, the chalice dungeon problem, but works really well. Like a lot of interesting encounter spaces. Um, the the one the, the, I really like that game. The one complaint I will give about it is that it is very much a game that is designed to be played with uh, with other people. Yeah. Um, and trying to solo some of the bosses is a nightmare. Yeah, I said um, last episode. Um, <laughs> I said well, that some, from me. some of the enemies were too big for the areas you fought them in. Um, particular ones that were melee orientated were quite mobby in certain small tight corridors. I felt which was really annoying. Yeah. Um, I also felt that the procedural generation of it can sometimes feel a bit cookie cutter sometimes yeah yeah but but um, I, I felt like there was enough like there was enough variation in the dungeons that it worked out it worked for me yeah also the big thing the kicker from you is that if you play as a team only the host story proceeds yes and so that is frustrating that was annoying as well because you play through i've played for it as my my mate was the host so we are so far into it as his game but when i went on it as me i'm back in the first bit and i'm like yeah Although but I have the really cool guns and armor and stuff. At that point, right? So. Yeah. So that's the, that's the only kind of saving grace, but you're kind of like, uh, retread old ground. Yeah. But it's a <laughs> super, super fun game. Um, yeah. And also on Game Pass. So. Yeah, you recently I did to Game oh, Pass. Yes. So. You know how cool, a lot of this is Game Pass or anything? Just put one of Game Pass highlights. Right. <laughs> it's all good. It's all good. Charles, what you got for us? Me again. Um, <laughs> <laughs> That's how it works. Uh, 
Resident Evil 2. Ooh, oosh. That is a great, great video game. Yes, it is. And it was... It's it's so great that I pre-ordered Resident Evil 3. Yeah, I'm pretty excited. That's that's what we did a mention in the Game Awards, wasn't that when that was announced? The bait and switch. The big bait and switch. I'll applaud them for that. It was all done up like this uh, multiplayer game. Was a trailer for it. Oh, that's right. Yeah, like, yeah. We're going to show the campaign side yet. So they started the trailer off with the multiplayer side, and everybody's like, "This is rubbish." <laughs> and then they went, "Ah, whoopsie!" And they flipped it, and it was like Resi Free HD Mara. And everybody got excited and mental, and I was like, "Well done, well done." It shows in the stage you can still surprise us. Just yeah. So um, I I really like Resident Evil Three Nemesis back in the day. So I'm pretty excited to to replay that with some shiny new graphics. Especially if they... I'm hoping they are looking like they're doing the same style as Resident Evil 2. It it looks like it's... I wouldn't be surprised if the two of them were fundamentally developed in tandem. And what's happened is that the year between last year and now is when they've focused on the online segment. Yep. And it was like the online segment's a kind of byproduct of the because we use the same engine, the same assets. Fun. I know it's, I know it's slightly different in time. I think it's like four hours or five hours or whatever difference. But what will happen is it will be the same assets for the cop station and stuff without that hole in the wall and shit and all that blah blah blah. Yeah, or whatever it may be. And uh, I think that's that's probably what you'll find is it'll 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 just be like a, a big expansion pack for. Resident well, Evil I remember that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm okay with that because Resident Evil 2 is, was great. Like, it was a nice trip down memory lane, but felt modern and, and fresh and clean at the same time. Like, it, it's still, that cop, the police station still felt familiar despite not ever seeing it from these angles before. Mm. And it was, it was just great. Like, it was a, not many games get one get me up earlier sunday morning to play <laughs> and this game did like i just wanted to finish it i, I really really enjoyed uh resident evil 2 and i think they did a good job with the the two campaigns like they've changed it from the original initially i thought it was, oh, this is just gonna be the same but like the first hour or so is the same but then it branches off and you get slightly different stories and characters oh, so reimagining it is- yeah, so it's not a direct repeat of the original, but it, it, I really like Zelda. Liked it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that was that seemed almost one for one, didn't it? <laughs> Link's Awakening. Yeah. Just reskinned. That's what I mean. It's no, it was rescripted events and stuff, and Rezzy went there and stuff. So yeah, but Rezzy's got a history, as we said two episodes ago. Um, <laughs> but there's a um, they've got a history of rescripting, aren't they? So yes. It, it, it just was, it was fun to play, and it's surprising that in this this year it seems like the remakes are some of the most fun we've had. <laughs> yeah, definitely. So uh, I would have put it on my list, but seeing as you say that, I will take that as a bonus token. Da-ding! There you go. You can add another um, one into your top five. I was going to say that. Uh, moving on to me. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Uh. Only two to go, this and the next and the next one. The next one's the big one. So um 
I'm going to go. I'm going to go there. I said it at the time. I'll say it now. Uh, my number two is Star Wars Fallen Jedi Order Fallen. Blah blah. Woohoo. Um, yeah, totally a game that that shouldn't be as good as what it is. Um, totally just wow, just really, really, really good. Yes, combat is a bit. Yeah head get around on at times but setting story use of the universe tone just everything about it is just spot on and as we were saying prior to the recording like i haven't seen the rise of skywalker because at the moment i'm riding high on that star wars fan wave between the mandalorian and fallen uh fallen order because they're just so good and I'm just really loving them. And I just think, if you're a Star Wars fan, you owe it to yourself to play Fallen Order. And Fallen Order's got me so much that I've re-downloaded Battlefront 2. And I've started <laughs> playing that again. Which, so, which Battlefront 2? Uh, the dodgy the one. one. Yeah. Okay. But I, it's, it's, it's it's still good. It's really good. Uh, a lot of new modes. I've not played it for a, for a year. So it was the, I think it was a two-year anniversary. It was just by way. So they did a kind of update pack with new modes and like the Sith the Sith troopers in it and I know Rise of Skywalker content's coming in the next few weeks. So there's plenty of there's plenty of stuff there. But um yeah I just uh as a as a podcast built on the, the core roots of souls. Uh, yeah it's souls well, it's rock solid at times but it is souls light. Um it's the cores of the source world. So <laughs> um and it's just a, a kind of really nice, fun, always evolving game, you know. Um, and there's just lots of nice nods and winks and that that I, I really appreciated about it. Um, and like I said, when I, we spoke about it um, on that episode, that intro is just stunning. Like that first level is just amazing. I love that whole watching the Breakers Yard, chop them up the stuff for the the prequel series and stuff, you know. It's really well done. Yeah, for the most part I've enjoyed it. I agree with a lot of what you've said. Um that's the combat is the biggest letdown for me. It's 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 the hitboxes are terrible. <laughs> it's, uh, drop it maybe drops too many frames, I feel. Uh, yeah. Yes. Yeah. The the performance on that game is really bad. Um, it's a bit Star Wars. But man, it is Star yeah, man, it's Star Wars, like it's fun. But the performance is so fucking bad. Yeah. It's about the Star Wars. It's a good Star Wars game. All right. Let's just ignore it. <laughs> just leave it at that. <laughs> I just fought one of the Inquisitor sisters, or whatever they're called, up a, yeah. up a tree. And yeah, that was not a fun fight. Yeah, the seventh sister, I think that is. Oh, yeah. Who's massive. <laughs> yeah. But, um,. It's, it was good. I, I liked it. Yeah, I mean, that's why it's number two. Good. Uh, anyway, moving on now. To... Moving on. Yes. You might be surprised to hear this, but my favorite game of 2019 is it's Destiny. It's not your favorite. Have you still uh, you jump the gun? It's no, no, no. This uh, I I don't have any more. I'm, I'm <laughs> All right. All right. <laughs> I was gonna say, okay, I've um, got one left in the tank for my number. That's what we're saying. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's Plus, honorable mentions. You, you, honorable you mentions. more than me. That's okay. <laughs> Yo, I'm I'm a fake gamer. I only play Destiny. <laughs> <laughs> Can you just split it at Destiny and another DLC? 
<laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, Destiny has had two DLCs come out this this year. Uh, they had Shadowkeep and then uh, the season of the Dawn, which is the current season. Uh, game continues That's... to be very good. Uh, there's a lot of cool new loot to, to chase, as always. Uh, and they brought my guy, my favorite character in Destiny lore, into the game. Saint-14 is here. And he's, like, a super badass. And is, like... Uh, so, like, my, my thing in Destiny, like, my favorite... Uh, I've always been a Titan main in Destiny, and specifically, I've always really enjoyed playing the Bubble Titan, which is the class that drops a bubble down, and then the bubble is gives you a big defense boost and uh, attack boost uh, when you go inside it. Um, and that's like Saint Fourteen is like the the practitioner of of the Ward of Dawn, and I I cried when I when I got to meet saint 14 and it was so exciting for me and this game is good y'all let me mm. let me I, I what like what can i even say about destiny at this point like that i haven't already said a million times <laughs> don't know if you like it you'll be re-saying it next year as well yep but 2019 game of the year probably probably 2020 game of the year also <laughs> cool and that's kind of it charles what you got um, are we up to the last one? No, you've got two to go. Two to go. Well, this one, <laughs> and then honorable mentions, and then big one. So, oh, I guess because the Link's Awakening got taken with, oh, because Link's Awakening was taken as my my one of mine. Um, I will mention Death Stranding is worth a mention. It wasn't on my top five. I haven't finished it. So I can't fully say, but it's just weird enough to be on my mind a lot. So, <laughs> and I've generally it's a bit like murder in that respect. <laughs> it's generally has been enjoyable, and it's very unique, and I think I like it. <laughs> <laughs> but just, yeah, not it, it's a weird one. It, it's a it's a to and fro for me. And the most I really enjoy it, the world and the story I find fascinating. It's a little too drawn out, is my big complaint. But I do really like it. Hmm. So, is that your number, number two? Well, it's definitely not my number two. It was my number six if I was going to actually put a number on it. Right, but because okay. <laughs> cause Link's Awakening was used, it gets pushed up there. Okay. Um, you want to go with your number one or do you want to come back to me? Because we're just going to be playing tennis now. Because yeah, I'm, somebody, <laughs> I'm, tagged, I'm tapped out. Somebody's right. burnt out the other ones. Well, it's, there's no surprises here. It's it's Sekiro. Yeah, oh. I, I, I guess I could have put Sekiro on my list. Um, <laughs> it's good. Charles, t- tell us why Sekiro is good. This is just it's good. Um, there would <laughs> there are there are a few as as we talked about the um uh the, our grandpa swordsman. Is is maybe a little much. The the two stages to the fight maybe should have been separated. I, the thing for me is that like after I get through the Genichiro fight one time, just don't make me do that again. That exactly because mm-hmm. uh, that that just makes the it just takes a little bit more energy to get through that and then switch tactics for the main fight. Right. Uh, but I don't know, like. It the combat just feels so good, and it look like 
if you watch, even if you don't think you're playing that well, you watch the foot. If you record your footage and watch it back, it just looks really cool. Like the they've done such a good job of making a cinematic fighting experience, but also feels good. Like it's not just all about fancy animations; it's actually about what you're doing. And I do, I do like the setting. I love the setting. I'm I'm, I'm big into my my Japanese lore, folklore and 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 world and history and samurai and ninja. Oh, I love all that stuff. So it, it it is my jam. But yeah, just it's just great. It's just good. I don't know. I don't know what else to say. Like I've talked about it. I get it's not for everybody, but not everything has to be for everybody. I guess is my this game was for me. Hmm. It it does it does feel good to be a big shinobi boy. I need get my, I need to get a samurai sword. I want to find just the two. <laughs> they're too expensive here in these. They're too expensive. Escalated. No, just got a big stack. <laughs> I'm a bit safer. Game of the year 2020. Charles is a samurai now. <laughs> yeah. Game of year 21. 21. The best game I can play with one hand. What I'm saying, everyone. <laughs> what is that incident? <laughs> Um, no, I'm not that silly. Game of the year 2022. I've installed a Shinobi prosthetic and I can play video games again. <laughs> <laughs> My prosthetic arm makes an umbrella for greatness. <laughs> yeah, just... and 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 it's got a barbecue adapter for during the summer. There you go. You can you flip some sausages? <laughs> not bad. But, um, uh, it's uh, just I, I really like it. It's it's fun. Yeah, I was. I, I'll give it cred because it just it missed out on all my lists of whether they're being of ten or five. Uh, I, I really liked it as well. It's a, a teeth grater, gritter, as I say. You like to grit your teeth during it. But um, yeah, it, 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 I prefer Star Wars just because I like Star Wars as world. Better, although it is a tighter fight combat system. So I hope you mean Sekiro is. <laughs> Yeah, that's what I was. I mean, I mean, I, I preferred the the, the 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 world of Star Wars just because it's Star Wars, the the samurai thing. Yeah, that's There's nothing against the samurai thing, but I just think the fighting system in it is a lot tighter than thingy. Um, if I was going to throw me an honourable mention, <sighs> uh, Dirt Two Point the Dark Souls or Rally games, rock solid, <laughs> like so rock solid. I was going to be a running theme with these games. <clears throat> Um, but yeah, Dark, so- uh, Dark Souls or Rally Games is uh, t- Dark 2.0, just brutal. Uh, F1 <clears throat> 2019, the Dark Souls attract games, just brutal. What <laughs> 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 uh, <laughs> um, else did we have? Uh, Days Gone, uh, overshone by a lot, but worth, worth, worth playing. Um, maybe not, maybe a bit old school in some respects for an open world game these days but uh, it tells a nice tale and it uh, hits all the marks that you kind of hope for and that kind of investment in your time plus the motorbike mechanic was awesome um, Blood and Truth is probably the best first party PSVR title of the year um, who doesn't want to be a cockney gangster shooting people and being all gangster uh, my friend Pedro was an amazing title game. I loved yeah, it. So it was just played a little bit of that game. crazy. It was ragdoll, slow motion, dual wielding madness as a banana tells you to go and kill everybody. Just so good. Um, yeah, Judgment. Game and it seems really fun. 
Yeah, it's on Games Pass now. Just to keep that. that <laughs> hashtag Game Pass. Yeah, hashtag Game Pass. Hashtag not sponsored. <laughs> uh, hashtag judgment. Microsoft sponsor us. Yeah, true. <laughs> yes, please. Um, judgment, uh, the kind of cop take on the Yakuza series was a delightful time sink. Um, all the production value of a Yakuza game, but from the other side of the fence. Um, no one really mentioned many places as Judgment, but it's a bit, a, a bit of a shame. Uh, River City Girls, 2D platformer, Streets of Rage style game with some light sprinkling of RPG, stunning art style. Just really, really good game. I really liked it. And it's a bit gutting because I thought Streets of Rage 4 would be ways now. It's not. It's been shit. moved to next year, so they're never going to fight each other in a game of year list. So, uh, PC building sim was as boring as dishwater <laughs> in there because PCs building and sims are all the rage. Uh, the might as well mention it because it's the new king in my opinion. But the Outer Worlds was the Fallout game we all deserved that we never got that we all wanted. Um, just great, just just a total time sink again. But you know, it's time is a limitation we have, and they're just spending it like no one's money. But I just think for the universe they built to the systems it had, to the interactions you had with characters and that, it was just a really, really rich universe. Um, Maybe a bit too heavy on the law, kind of at times, too many laptops and stuff to read, but it was was good. Um, The return of the Oberdyer Brain thing, which is Thingy Pope's second game after Papers, please, you play as an insuranceman aboard a ship that was ill-fated and you have to find out how every member of the crew died by using your magic pocket watch. Absolutely batshit, but charming, charming uh, uh, indie title. Well worth, well worth. Plus it used one-bit graphics, which is really messes with your head because everything's like dot, mat- dot matrix parented. It's all like black dots it creates. It's, it's really, really strange. Um, it would be ill-fitted to have a, a list of it mentioned in Surge 2. It was a thing! <laughs> <laughs> you either liked it and you either liked it or you didn't. Uh, yeah, so we, we need it. to get Cliff in here to talk about the Surge 2. Yeah, well... We miss you, Cliff. Come back to us. <laughs> you can hear a man screaming, screaming <laughs> out there at the moment. Uh, <laughs> But yeah, so that's my that's, that's a fair few honourable mentions. Borderlands Three was more Borderlands, but it was really well done. I I cannot complain. Uh, if you like Borderlands, you joke that. It's uh, pretty much a a given, I think. Um, but yeah, so that's just a, a segment and your sprinkling of the, the the top of what I would say is a highlights of 2019. Before we get to the the main the main meal, so. Uh, anybody else get anything else to go or is it my turn to dish the dark go ahead you tell you so, tell us your game of the year my game of the year having played 100 or having reviewed 172 uh to date i um, was probably no surprise to anybody but i really liked it and it was control and i know certain people in this podcast are going to kick out and scream <laughs> and moan and they'll be happy but i just think having stepped back and looked at everything in that big massive wall. I have a really big pigment board. Really, really big pin board. Um, 
I just think that yes, right, let's get the elephant room. The ending isn't going to be everybody's taste and it is a bit wishy-washy. But the world, the tale, the set pieces, the enemies, the options, the weapons, the gunplay, the superpowers, and just the general pacing of things, the ashtray maze, and just the general what the hell is going on feeling it gave you is just unmatched by any game I've played this year. And as uh, Charles was saying, like a game that stays with you. Um, for him, it's postman delivery. But for me, it was control. Um, it just, it, it brings up more questions than it does answers, really. Um, and I can't wait for the DLC. And it's already been hinted that it's set in the same universe as Alan Wake, which again, I really like. And it's Remedy. It, it, as a Remedy fan, it's like the DNA a remedy is so strong. You can feel the max pain gunplay. You can feel the storytelling for quantum, uh, quantum break. You can feel the kind of environmental elements of Alan Wake. It it just feels like that they've drawn all those elements that made them so good and just really nice package. And yes, it's great. And yes, it has erotic floor plans, but it's goddamn good. <laughs> they start to finish. It's amazing. I really liked it. Good. <laughs> I'm glad you liked Splendid. it. Oh, Charles is pleased for you. I am. Charles is like, I am biting my thumb so hard. Well, the, <laughs> this thing I got no problem with other people liking games I don't I don't like. That's that's the good thing. Um and I, I agree with a lot of what you said for the first half, but I just I just I felt that it they lost control <laughs> of what the game was. And so that's why it dropped off. But I'm glad that it stuck with you, and it's that's awesome. Yeah, it's it's. I, I kind of measured my game of the years a year. Full price releases that I fully get the thousand G in, and it's up there with maybe a handful of others. And it was just the one that just, it just. I really want the DLC for it. That's the kind of like that's what I was thinking as well. Was like I want to go back to this world. I want to find out more. I want to do more, and that's really the essence of what makes a good game. It, it, for for a single player special, you know what I mean? Aye, mm. I could have put COD on it. I've played COD for four and a half days now, you know what I mean? I've completed <laughs> battle passes and stuff, and I've... I could tell you every corner of Piccadilly, but COD's just... A, COD's like a, a blanket. It's a staple. It's always there. And you never really think... Although, again, if we were mentioning things like this, the single player campaign is amazing. It's really well done. It's really cinematic. It's been back to its roots. It's great, but Control was a better. Do you know what I mean? Control, yep. fair enough. Just, just did it, did it for me, and yeah, that's why I'm giving it game of the year, 2019. Awesome. So, at the top of the hour, we have Control, Destiny Two. <laughs> pick something. Just pick something. Sekiro, right? That's got to be Charles's game of the year. Yeah, that was yeah, my game of the year. Sekiro. All right, all right. So, so basically, Sekiro's top. Everyone below that is up for interpretation. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> definitely. I thought we for a curveball and say Resi too. I was going to go, oh, that's controversial. So <laughs> that's a, that's a fair diverse of mix. Uh, yeah, travel way, travel way fun. An ongoing game, story driven game, and you wouldn't be a Dark Souls themed podcast if it's something for. Uh, from software. <laughs> yeah, that, that, that's actually something I was going to bring up real quick before we end this podcast. Um, this is the last last year of the decade. What's uh, what's everybody's game of the decade, and why is it Dark Souls? 
Was Dark Souls this decade? Yeah. Dark Souls was this decade. 2011. I thought Dark Souls 2 would have been this 2011. Oh, well, Mass, I know Mass Effect 2 was 2010. Because uh, Dark Souls came out like two weeks before uh, Skyrim did. Ah. Um, it's Skyrim yeah. is not game of the decade. <laughs> Skyrim is not the game of the decade. Skyrim is the game of the never. <laughs> it gets yeah, the Dark award Souls. for on the most, platform, most platforms. <laughs> Yeah, Dark Souls uh, is, yeah. is my game of the decade, um, and that's not being funny. It's... No, yeah, it's not being funny for me. It is legitimately my game of the decade. Also, <laughs> but if there's you just all, look, there's always a black sheep in these things, isn't there? It's going to be me. I know well, we is. know that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you can make some haggis with your black sheep. Um, <laughs> the, it's just if you look at the games industry now, I. I it could be because I'm biased, but it seems very, 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 very heavily, um, heavily influenced by what Dark Souls did. Oh, absolutely. I you mean, there's dream... a fucking Star Wars game out now that is influenced by Souls. Like, <laughs> I was going to say, exactly. you, could dream, you could dream games like, like Star Wars, Darksiders, Remnant of the Ashes, that game you made me buy based on your comments on the last game that's got guns in it. Oh, yeah. That's the thing. <laughs> I, think that's the, I think that's a key thing as well, is it's like it's transcended, like Dark, Dark 2. Do you know what I mean? It's transcended. It's transcended its origins of swords and shields. It's now guns and rally motors and stuff like that. <laughs> well, yeah, the elements of the gameplay have been adopted and and uh, pillaged by almost every game now. Like the whole concept of the multiplayer, the asymmet, like the like yeah, the different type of multiplayer has been invaded and. And the communication with the signs and stuff is being used by so many different games now. Mm. And to be fair, you look at Dark Souls. Yeah, Sandy's got the, the signing system in it. And exactly, yeah. And, and to be fair, if we go back further, Dark Souls is, is an evolution of what Zelda did. But but there's always an evolution, but there is a, a key pivotal moment where Dark Souls introduced something so unique. Demon Souls never gets a look in anyway. Well... Well, Demon's Souls not... came out in 2009. So. Exactly. Yeah, but you know what I mean? Is is origin is the origin of all? Dark Souls is like the like where it all came together, though, right? Like Demon yes. Souls is a great game, uh, but I don't know many people that would love Demon Souls without the uh the like the the knowledge of what came from Demon Souls, like and. Mm. Having played and loved Dark Souls, like I, because I played Demon Souls before I played Dark Souls, and Same. I did not like that game at all until I spent a thousand hours playing Dark Souls. Then I was like, "Oh <laughs> shit!" Actually, Demon Souls is super good. <laughs> was, you see, I, I played Demon Souls and enjoyed Demon Souls, but it was so niche; like no one was talking about. No one yeah, was. Yeah. yeah, it was so small, and. Dark Souls was so small for a good year to two years before it really started, and now everybody's played Dark Souls. That's the benchmark. It's like, I, personally, I, from my side of the fence, I, I mentioned, I felt like I went through a good three months there. This game, think Dark Souls, and you'll have an idea. <laughs> and it's it's basically every other week I was writing that. And, ah, it's just like everything. Like, indie games are Dark Souls-like. Like Dead well, Cells and... Uh, Shovel Knight. Stuff. 
Shovel Knight, Shovel Knight took on yeah. um, elements yeah. of Dark Souls. I mean, I mean, with it, the... It's literally just that that Twitter account, right? The X meets Dark Souls Twitter account. Mm. Yeah. And some of it is, is tongue-in-cheek and some of it is eye-rolling, but there is truth to it as well. Like, it's influenced sure. so much. And to think that this game came out at the start of the decade and it is still being played heavily by people and still being enjoyed by people now. Mm. And Blade Whereas... Town still runs like a bag of crap. <laughs> <laughs> Just putting yeah. that right out there. <laughs> and there aren't many games that are like that that aren't exclusively multiplayer games. Mm. Speedrunners is Sonic are up in, up in arms. <laughs> they're still playing Sonic <laughs> so so I take it both your games are Dark Souls then yes yeah 100% my, my uh, game of the decade is Dark Souls alright um, as I said I'm going to be the black sheep of the family that's okay I mean it's, you're, um, allowed, you're allowed to have different opinions man yeah, I mean, actually five because it's not like I did them from my page but yeah. um, for me uh, uh, game of the decade is to define points and you'll notice there's a really strong Scottish essence to this but this to define a point in history and time and stick with me and be a thing that I'm like, oh, also time, my time, as we say, time is currency. And if something's it warranted a lot of time, then it's obviously something special, I feel, in my mind, mm-hmm. as he's gone crazy. Um, <laughs> Bre- I had Breath of the Wild at number five. Just wow. Just if there was ever going to be a console selling game, I think Breath of the Wild is the pinnacle of it. I think Breath of the Wild needed to do for the Switch what it needed. It needed to come out the Wii U fighting, swinging, punching, and just taking no prisoners. And I think just that first plateau area and the ideas it did with the heat and the cold and having to keep yourself warm while being able to punch down trees, chop trees. I just think it was it, it was the right amount of ooh to make you go, wait a minute, this this wee tinky toy handheld console is going to be something special. And now the Switch is a phenomenon in its own right you know what i mean um total total maybe the greatest system seller of all time i think i would maybe say yes fair is somebody shouts destiny across Bloodborne. the <laughs> uh, then i had gt5 i know red dead 2 came out after it but i think gt5 is the pinnacle of open world gaming period I, I no, I'm, I'm not a i'm not a red dead guy in general so i would i would generally agree with that GTA just, 5 is, is greater, is better. I think I think Red Dead created a beautiful world, and it was... It's the problem is, GTA's world was never going to be... No, sorry, Red Dead's world was never going to be a GTA beat, because back in the day, there was nothing. There was a whole lot of nothing. A whole lot of beautiful nothing. But nothing. Whereas GTA is packed to the rafters with buildings, people, adverts, cars, pigeons. It, it's just, it, it just... The fact you can just stand in the world... It's not like... The world doesn't evolve around you. You evolve. You evolve around the world. If you know what I mean. Yeah. Um. And then there's the online side, which is like we're still going strong in it. Like they've just released the casino stuff. For right or wrong, we'll argue that another night, right? But they've just released the casino DLC and stuff for it, and it's just like wow. Um. So yeah, GTA Five was in there. Uh, Doom 2016. Just like Silk, man. Just an amazing FPS. Fast-paced, quick. How to breathe life into a franchise that was on the... No, on the rocks, but... It, it was <laughs> Under the rocks, I would say. It, it, well, it was, I, I classified it as the granddad. The grandpa, I can show the young kids how it's done. Do you know what I mean? It was just... 
the rip and tear mechanic was just a refreshing. It changed for being. I, I think I like it to a puzzle game. The idea is you walk into a room and there's a set amount of demons and monsters and you need to work a path and a way with weapon selection and stuff through that room. Well, you can, so you shoot so many guys, you're a bit one life, you ship, tear, ship, tear, ship, tear, next guy, bang, bang. And, and it, it was fluid motion. Now, I know some people don't like that, but it was a great hook in a core mechanic. And I think Doom Eternal is just going to take that. And for what I've played, it takes that concept and just ups the score. It gives you more toys, more options, more speed and then it does that whole climbing thing which just kills everything and I wanna and I hope to God they get rid of that really quick for that game. I really do. Um <laughs> but um yeah Doom Doom two thousand sixteen number three superb. Uh I feel like I'm going on forever here with these things but you know um <laughs> you're all good man. Forza Horizon four number f- number two and Forza Horizon four should have been number one maybe and in another world it probably was I love Forza, I love Forza and everything about it, I love Horizon, I love that even more when it's set in Scotland and I can drive down streets in the pissing rain and <laughs> high-powered supercars, and then I love the fact I can buy my own car and drive around the streets of Scotland in my own car in an online world racing people in a Fiesta ST, because that is a thing of beauty. Um, and that's really situational, like really, really situational. <laughs> but there is just a, 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 a weird feeling when you're driving about Edinburgh and you know the streets, you know the landmarks, you, you know it. Like, okay, it might not have the same advertising and it might not have the JKs and the Juggies and the Junkies, but you know, you know in your head the path, you know the route, and it, it, there's just a magical feeling. Same way when you're up in the Highlands and it's just, you're just sitting on yourself, my God, this country is a very beautiful place and a virtual place. <laughs> <laughs> it took a video game for you to realise. <laughs> yeah, and I, I've even took on people on Twitter who have argued that Horizon Three is a better game because it's set in Australia and Australia's a happier, smilier place. And yeah, Three is good, but it isn't four. Do you know what I mean? It doesn't have that. There, there's something about it being set in the rainy place that is Britain that makes it that wee bit special and it, that wee bit country bumpkin. Um, Maybe it's just because again, home team advantage. Yeah, um, but fair. yeah, I, I just, I just think it's the pinnacle way, and and, and it's it's true as well as we as I say, playgrounds made to the essence, you know, like bizarre creations, Criterion. There's a lot of good, good people behind that, and it's kind of like the pinnacle of open world arcade racing, and that's taking it to its core mechanic of the actual in car driving section, and it is just so satisfying when you're drifting and spinning and just doing all the fun and you're like wow and you're going to yourself thank god this isn't like dark to the dark souls or rally games um, <laughs> um but we finally got there kids i'm sorry we took us a massive detour there and we went through some awesome games in the last two and a half hours with me talking. um but my <laughs> game of the decade uh i've put i think it's 39 days and maybe 42 last time i checked something crazy but and it's really the perfect game as service model, he would say. But my game of the decade is Tom Clancy's Rainbow Six Siege 2, which was just amazing. It's just amazing. It still is amazing. We've just released new DLC with new operators and new maps. No other multiplayer has me on my edge of my seat as much as a game of uh, Siege. Whether I'm defusing a bomb, saving a hostage, or neutralizing terrorists, 
it took the idea of monthly or quarterly updates and it's refined it to a way where you can look and see that Fallout, uh, Fallout, no, not Fallout, Fortnite does it now and Battlefront 2 does it and Destiny kind of does it and <laughs> they got it, they got it right. And Ubisoft's credit, they got it right out the map. Yes, there's lots of cosmetics, but they're just cosmetics. The fact they release new characters every quarter, every quarter means that it keeps the gameplay fresh. And also the fact that they would go in and they refine the maps. So from Siege at the beginning to Siege now is a totally different thing. They've had a few major updates along the way. So operators, if it's a really key thing is they look at the... the, the the, the how the pros play and they look at how we play and then say somebody's maybe got too many specials so Ella maybe have four grenades uh, sonic grenades well they removed a sonic grenade for the big ones Bandit and Jackal had ACOGs they were defenders but ACOGs were used as an offensive weapon so they would rush and they'd shoot guys outside they took the ACOGs off them because it was being used abused sort of thing and the fact that they listened to the, as you say with Destiny they listen to the fan base. They they change it up and they, they they keep it fresh and they keep it moving and stuff. And it is just an amazingly addictive multiplayer to play with mates. And yes, I know it can be incredibly toxic and it can be incredibly hard sometimes <laughs> if you're on your own. But as a as it's my game of the decade, hands down. I, I just cannot praise that game enough. Yeah, that's it's, a that's uh, a game that I wish that I had put time into because I feel like at this point, it's probably, like, impossible for me to get into that game. Well, yeah, no, you know what I mean? There's always new people. Because, because it's this round by round, you just need to kind of pick a guy sure, and stick sure. with him to learn them, and you'll learn that, like, certain characters are good for certain situations, and certain powers work against certain other things, and you can get counters and hard counters and stuff, and it's as much about reading your team and your opponents as it is about you just going in and going, yeah, yeah, I've got a big hammer, I'm going to smash doors. So you kind of need to go, well, if we've got breachers, then we're going to need, uh, like, rushers to get in and to, to get in if they breach and stuff. And, and yeah, you can go in sometimes and teams can be totally vermoosed because they don't have the ability to breach wired or electrified objects, and that does happen. But then it's the ability to think fast on the fly and think, well, we can maybe try and attack for this angle or that angle or try this and try that. And I think that's the part of the real addiction is the always evolving strategy to it. You know what I mean? You, you never quite know how the other team are going to play. And yes, there's always a bad guy in that closet. Bang, I know that. That's a given. But realistically, you never know what you're coming up against every time you walk into a, a different situation in a different map. You know, it's it's... It's fun and it's sweaty at times, which <laughs> is is either a good thing or a bad thing. And oh yeah, you, you definitely need a bit of concrete genie to calm down at the end of it. <laughs> <laughs> Pellet cleanser. So yeah, that's um, I think that's that's uh, that's what you call a mixed set of game of the decades. Mixed bag. Dark Souls wins two to one. Yep. Dark Souls game of the decade. Official nice. Dark Insight stance. I think everybody knew that was coming. <laughs> True. And then Sekiro takes game of the year. Technically, yeah. given Charles's vote and the listeners' votes, not that I'm pretending we know what they are yet, but you know, I'm just going <laughs> from what we've listened, from what we've heard. It sounds ba ba like based, based on our community, yes. Yeah. <laughs> and when, yeah. Unless they did an, an HD remake or something we didn't know about, but no, yeah. So yeah, it's pretty much sticks to truth. 
here's here's for what 2018 holds. There's a lot coming. 2020, you mean? <laughs> it's been back in I've time. Got, I've got a time machine. Don't worry, my time machine takes me places I want to go. Uh, yeah, 2020 is going to be a busy year. Yes. Um, Big releases. Cyberpunk's coming. Do you know what I mean? Coming. So, uh, Final Fantasy VII remake is yep. coming supposedly. Yeah, yep. That, and this is all before we get to June. You know what I mean? These are um, new consoles as well. So, yeah, I think next year is going to be one of those years where I think it'll be. I don't know. See, I kind of hope we don't have a transitional period like how the PS4, Xbox One thing where they did the the, the straddled generations releases. Yeah, kind of like hamstrung games. Yeah, but I think for what I hear and what we're hearing and stuff. I don't know if we're at the level you know, where they can just, it's a case that they just release a, a version and there's like a big massive master switch in it that the machine goes right, I can put all these settings up to max and stuff like that because I, I know that Halo Infinity is going to be on the Xbox in brackets, X series Xbox as well as the Xbox One so I don't know quite if that's going to be two different versions or this is this is the joy of the sport, the, the the hobby in it. We get to find all this out. Um, so yeah, I, I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't bloody wait. Yeah, it's um, exciting. <laughs> you're looking forward to anything next year? Uh, Final Fantasy VII remake. Uh, Dragon the first Ball. installment of it, you mean? Yeah, the first installment. Dragon yeah. Ball. Final Fantasy VII remake from Midgar. <laughs> yeah. The Dragon Ball Kakarot RPG. Uh, oh yeah, that comes out. Want to wait for that? Yeah, it's only four weeks away. Weeks away. There's a lot. I can't remember them all now. <laughs> Resident Evil 3. Uh, yes, and obviously. Cyberpunk are my two main ones. I'm still a little bit apprehensive about Cyberpunk. Like, I'm not getting my hopes up. For what I saw, it looks good. It looks really good, so... But then that's not hands-on. That's just a playthrough demo. Yeah. But it was a, it was a playthrough demo in real time. Um, that or Iron Man VR, which, again, is phenomenal. <laughs> <laughs> you don't know the joy of being Iron Man is you hold two move controllers as flutterers. That's <laughs> <laughs> ah, worth a go. I'll play it. So I've got a few written in answers from our from listeners. Um if you're okay with me reading them out. Yep, feel free, go nuts. Uh this is from Ninja Badger Seven, host of the well, he was a host of the show. He's taking a break. So we like Matt. And he's written in Game of the Year, The Outer Worlds, mainly thanks to Pravati being one of the best NPCs in gaming. Decade, I would say, between Bloodborne, The Witcher 3, and Horizon Zero Dawn. All of them being outstanding mm. and memorable in their own ways. Yes, definitely. Bloodborne's definitely up there as Game of Decade, and The yes. Witcher 3, to be yeah. honest. Oh, yeah. Those are all incredible games. Um, and then Lord of Jolly Likes and Cheer, um, at Night Twitten, friend of the show, is Game, game of the Year. For me, were probably Sekiro and Death Stranding. Sekiro was the most exciting action game in forever, and my only truly blind Souls-ish game. Death Stranding story is interesting, but its its meditative, compelling gameplay is something I'll never forget. Game of the decade is always Dark Souls Two, with Ooh, Journey okay. coming in a close second. J- Journey is a great choice. That game. Mm. The game was is incredible. <laughs> For how simple it is, yeah, it's, it is pretty phenomenal. Sentinel yeah. uh, Plus, Dave, uh, he kept it simple and just said uh, Outward and Code Vein. Uh, Outward is that like weird RPG, right? 
but yeah, it's we like talked about brutal. a while back. It's really hard for what I understand yeah. from playing co-op, and it's very vague. Death okay. happens all the time in it. I'm sure. I'm sure. Yeah, uh, if somebody talked about it on this podcast. It may have Me. been Dave. Yeah, Was it you? I rem- okay. I remember Charles in the jail. Or I had issues with money. it. <laughs> yeah. No, he's all money. It's a problem. And then um, we've got one from Steve Vayu, but he's also sent the audio in, so I think we'll just leave his till for the audio. Yeah, just, just save that. And... You mean we've already heard his audio? <laughs> you may uh, have, depending on where, where they get yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah that, that means us making Sekiro Game of the Year's possibly spoiled for you because you've the audio. <laughs> um, and then from Eric at EB players is does minecraft count no it doesn't <laughs> fair enough minecraft counts i think no nah, it counts about as much as far cry uh, far cry is fallout is fallout. i keep saying fallout when i meant to say fortnite for sake uh, well he he was talking about for game of the decade uh. so i think for game of the decade minecraft totally counts video games i like those yeah, and that's what brings us all together. Remember that, people. It's all about <laughs> video games. That wraps us up with the the written in. Um, and I guess we're just going to have some segments of community games of the year yeah. now. Thanks for joining me, Kay. Um, Thanks for having me. I hope things are well with you and you're not freezing too much over there in Utah. Not yet, but we'll see. <laughs> not yet. Um, so we've got you on to tell us what your game of the year is. So I think we figure we should just jump straight into it. Um, and you can tell us what has been your gaming enjoyment this year. All right. Well, those of you who follow me on Twitter probably know that I haven't played very many brand new games in 2019. Um, the list, the tallies so far is, I think, three with DMC5, five whole minutes of Sekiro since I just got it, and uh, Final Fantasy. But uh, my <laughs> game of 2019 is going to have to be... Final Fantasy XIV Shadowbringers, uh, that expansion dropped in the summertime, and it is truly excellent, in my opinion. I um, I know MMOs aren't for everyone, and that's completely fair, but I loved the story, I loved the new dungeons they added, uh, the new trials they added. Um, definitely, I think it's sort of special when video games make you feel things, and especially... Uh, when they make you feel dread, as <laughs> strange as that might <laughs> yep. sound, but Bloodborne also at, at times made me feel like dread, you know, oh no, this is, this is really bad, actually. This is really bad and I don't know what to do about it, actually. Um, and Shadowbringers made me feel that too in a couple of spots with its story. They've just managed to really nail down the feeling of shit's bad, folks. <laughs> <laughs> That's cool. See, I remember when you were getting into Final Fantasy XIV, because you're quite late to the party. I was. I started after Stormblood, which was released in 2017, I think. Yeah. And that, by that point, I mean, I I think Final Fantasy 1.0 released in 2010, but it was a dumpster fire. Uh, <laughs> yep. Re-released in 2013 or something like that. So yeah, I was quite late to the party. And I'm sure I remember you talking about how you were reluctant to, to get into it. Yeah, I, I bounced and off of pay it. pay for the subscription. I bounced off of it for a long time. Um, but and it, I'm glad I stuck through stuck it through to the end. When did the hooks get into you then? Is it is it this year? Was it this expansion that did it? No, or was it... I, I got pretty into it um, after. So 
when Final Fantasy fans are trying to sell you on Final Fantasy, they warn you about <laughs> A Realm Reborn, which is the um which was the re-release after they literally dropped a meteor on Final Fantasy 1.0 and rebuilt it from the ground up basically. Um mm-hmm. because it it was kind of in their early MMO phase and it's very very difficult to get through. Um it's just a slog especially and they especially warn you about the the lull between final like final fantasy a realm reborn and the first expansion heaven's word because it's about 150 quests and they're all go here talk to a guy go back to this other place talk to another guy go to this third place talk to a third guy and then go back to the first guy and talk to him again um and it doesn't get good until like the very end of those quests i think the part that really where i was like okay no this is cool actually was um kind of when they were starting to transition into heaven's word when they had the um the shiva trial and the ravana trial i think is what really sold me on it because shiva i still didn't quite get the game but ravana was when i was like really starting to understand um mechanics it has very cool music if anybody wants to look up that theme uh i recommend it and it's just a it's just a really cool boss fight in general um i also have a soft spot for characters that are like you seem cool let's fight and we'll determine where to go from there and ravana very much is like i'll i'll leave you guys alone if you beat me in combat um so i like i like characters like that uh for some reason so that was kind of where i started to really get into it was heaven's word essentially so people were right about that Mm -hmm. nightmare between a realm reborn and heaven's word but i i'm glad i stuck it out and uh, Shadowbringers really capped it off, and it kind of kind of showed that they're really kind of honing their story writing skills. And like the music keeps getting better and better with every expansion, and story keeps getting better and better. Um, it is noteworthy that the the person in charge of writing for Shadowbringers was in charge of some of my favorite parts of the previous expansions as well, including the Dark Knight quest line. So she, she just keeps knocking out of the park so how much does it tie together each expansion is it an ongoing story or are they kind of story arcs they're story arcs but they are part of an ongoing story yeah so i'm asking because i'm i know the final fantasy universe and i like the financial games but the mmos i've just never participated yeah and so i'm I'm, Um, and i'm sure that's quite common with a lot of people there's a huge audience but there's also a huge audience who don't get into these games primary antagonist of shadowbringers is first introduced in stormblood um and so that sort of ties into shadowbringers and there are um characters and events in shadowbringers that whose concepts were first introduced in heaven's word so it is sort of tying together in that way okay um and then as far as the other final fantasies go a lot of there are a lot of references to past final fantasies they had a whole raid series based on um final fantasy tactics uh they nice. had all the bosses are summons from previous final fantasy games with the exception of a couple uh Ravana is not one of those he was added um for mm-hmm. final fantasy 14 but a lot of them are references to other games um the primary antagonists right now have tangential references to 12 i believe i didn't play 12 so i'm just going off of what other people are telling me i'm guessing they're gonna do something with final fantasy 7 remaster remake yeah there's a couple of um 
Final Fantasy VII references already in the game, where they have wind-up versions of the main characters that you can get as minions. Uh, Cloud Stripe's <laughs> motorcycle is a, from Advent Children is a mount that you can get in the game. So there's some minor stuff, but it, maybe they'll have a crossover event when uh, Remake gets released. I Yeah, I recently was able to clear Final Fantasy XIV Housing Savage and uh, get myself a plot of land. It's... Um, there's a weird land baron situation going on in Final Fantasy XIV, <laughs> especially on on certain servers where like a handful of people have all their alts, buy up all the plots of land, and refuse to let anybody else. It's 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 just like real life. Um, <laughs> I was just gonna say, yeah. So I, but right now they're both pretty empty uh, because. I I mean the apartment at least I was able to decorate, but it's expensive also to get furniture for them. Turns out, so just like real life. <laughs> <laughs> so how many different characters do you have? Just the one, really. I have a couple of alts that okay. I don't really play on other servers, but um, because so correct me if I'm wrong, people who play WoW out there, but it's I guess in WoW you really can only spec as one type of character. Um, so if you're going to play a healer, that's your one shot. And if you don't like it, you have to reroll a whole new character. Um, but in 14, you can play all combat and crafting classes on one character. So there's not really, huh. in my opinion, there's not really a whole lot of, um, point to having alts except to play with your friends on other servers. So really, I just focus on the one character and level up all the combat classes on that one. Okay, cool. It is nice if you if you roll up, say, a black mage, and you're like, wow, this sucks, actually. You can just switch. <laughs> yeah, but do you stay the same level, or is it actually resetting you back down to base level because of the class? Um, well, say I, um, I started as black mage when I first played the game, and I got it all the way to 60, and before I decided I hated it. Um, <laughs> so when I decided to try archer... My archer was level one, my black mage stayed level 60, and my archer gained experience, um, it gained extra experience based on the gap between my highest level class, which was black mage, and my lowest level class, which at the time was archer, because it starts at level one. So it's a little bit easier to catch up once you've leveled up one class, because they give you bonus experience based on that gap. Oh, I like that. That's really a user-friendly, like it's... A respects your time a little bit yeah the they always say that they want to um in their design philosophy that they want to be respectful of people who maybe don't have a lot of time to play video games um so final fantasy 14 is pretty friendly to people who maybe can only play for a couple of hours a week because mmos traditionally they seem like a time sink and this one is a time sink to be fair if you if you really want to get into it you can sink a lot of time into (laughs) it but it is you don't have to on average compared to other mmos pretty friendly towards people who don't really have a ton of time to play it my final question is did you get lots of belts when you became a black mage did i get lots of what belts <laughs> i was oh. just thinking of um was it finally eight eight the black mage in that has lots of belts oh see i didn't know that um buckles and belts <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, um, I mean, it's Final Fantasy, so there are belts involved. Uh, Interestingly, (laughs) one of your equipment slots is for a belt, but it's invisible and doesn't actually show on your character model. Ah, come on. (laughs) Um, Well, Kate, thanks for sharing with us your game of the year for 2019. Thank you for having me. And I'm really, really glad that it is something different. Like, 
it's not just your typical it's not just dark souls over and over again yeah (laughs) (laughs) yeah and before you go one last final question would you have a pick for game of the decade scenes we're about to end oh i didn't think about that period um not to sound like a typical Soulsborne <laughs> podcast community member, but I am going to probably have to say Bloodborne. Yep, that's fair. 2015, I think that came out. Love yep. that game. See, it's I'm, one of my I'm favorites still... of all time, so I have to have to put it out there. I have to go with that one. Good. Well, yeah, I think my top three would be Bloodborne, Sekiro, and Dark Souls. I'm enjoying so. <laughs> Sekiro so far, but I've only played about two hours worth of it, so I can't really... Can't, it's not really in the running yet. <laughs> Hi, my name is Steven, and my game of the year is Sekiro. Uh, outside of maybe Devil May Cry 5, I can't think of a game that's uh, so finely tuned in its mechanics since Doom 2016. Um, and where Sekiro edges out DMC as a game of the year for me, it's that it's uh, far simpler. Where DMC is tasking you with stringing together complex and flashy combos, Sekiro's combat is fundamentally a two-button exchange of blocking and attacking. Uh, obviously, there are some other uh, mechanics to wrinkle this back and forth, uh, the McCary counter in particular uh, being the real MVP. But from software, uh, they whittle down their focus to such a laser point that everything else seems uh, that everything else serves the uh, base combat to make what is possibly the most satisfying combat system in a video game ever. Um, there isn't as much variety in the enemies uh, themselves as we were spoiled with in Bloodborne, and the game is strikingly smaller uh, than anything they've done for the last two generations by quite a margin. Um, but as they say, brevity is the soul of wit, and I'm glad that we were able to get a very different experiment that didn't overstay its welcome. Dark Souls 2. Welcome, Savai. Thanks for joining me to tell us all about your game of the year. Thanks for having me. Been a been a while listening and just um great to have you on the show <laughs> yeah it's great to have you um it's exciting and thanks for all the support and for writing in oh definitely and yeah supporting Can I support the kiwis that's crazy fellas. <laughs> yep yes i don't mention Savai is one of my a local kiwi um he's, he's an imported kiwi but we'll take him yeah, as, I'm fully... <laughs> as you can tell from the accent i know i'm, I'm fully naturalized as a citizen now so that's the i think that's the term for it you know Try to use the accurate terms, but yeah, it was funny in the ceremony. There was like three hundred people, and like the majority of them were from the Philippines. Interesting. That's <laughs> nice. an interesting factoid. Sorry, getting off topic. <laughs> there you go. So yeah, we got a Kiwi with American accent, but <laughs> uh, it's good to have you on. And I guess we'll jump into straight to what we were here for today. Is what is your game of two thousand and nineteen? It is definitely Sekiro. Shadows Die Twice. Played it on the Xbox One. Nice. First time ever playing something Soulsborne-like, because never actually played any of the Dark Souls games. And was definitely uh, brought my interest was listening to you guys talk about it, just rave about it. I was like, I gotta play this. Yeah. Good. So, I like when I make people buy good video <laughs> but, games. Especially when they buy good ones, you know? You, you would hate for it to be some kind of, like, sad experience, but this was like, you know, had the sad deaths, but a lot of positives came out of it. Good. So, um, before we talk more about Sekiro, um, has it enticed you to try and pick up Dark Souls Remastered and go back to where it kind of all started? Yeah. Well, Demon Souls. Yeah, that's right. Well, Dark Souls is easy. That's true. To. I don't have Demon Souls, but I got Dark Souls on the Switch, and I've been. I just ah, started cool. that. That's my go-to bus bus drive game. 
So it's uh, definitely nice. it's interesting. Like I I feel like it's actually way harder than Sekiro, but that's probably because it's not what I'm used to playing kind of thing. But I can see whether people relate that those two games together. Well, yeah, see, Dark Souls is pretty punishing. Sekiro is as well, but there are a lot of user like a, there's lots of user friendly abilities in Sekiro. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Like instant kills. Yeah. Uh, whereas Dark Souls, you got to do, you got to do all the oh, hit points. Man. Yeah, I missed that. <laughs> <laughs> well, so like, so being new to the From Software kind of game, like, did did you find, did you find it super challenging? Was the difficulty the main thing that pulled you in? Yeah, it was. A, was that a deterrent at first? That for me, I think it was a bit of both because I definitely found it challenging, and also the fact that. Most people I that talked about it, like I read reviews and looked at social media stuff and listened to podcasts like yours about it, and everyone talked about how it was hard, but they enjoyed it. So I was like, "Well, how can I, how can I find some enjoyment in this?" Because normally, I'm the kind of like like from a main other game I play is League of Legends, and dying there is like never enjoyable. It's one of those things where you die in that game, you're yeah. sent back, and then. You find it like a uphill climb that's just so arduous you hate the, the whole time you're in there. And so it was interesting for me yep. to try and tackle that. And I found it to be exactly like everyone said. The learning curve was something that I felt like it was actually pretty smooth because they had a lot of uh, visual indicators. Like I, I found it interesting that like the thing, the icon that shows up to like jump a sweep is in a Japanese word. It's mm-hmm. not like, hey, jump. It's not some obvious thing. So I had to, I liked how it actually taught me to pay attention to what I'm doing because I tend to autopilot a lot when playing games. Yeah, so I I, I enjoyed it a lot because it, I found it really re- rewarding to try and play it properly. To, and to that to me means like playing it slow enough that I am not button mashing. Yes. Yeah, button mashing is never a good idea in a prom software game. <laughs> Yeah, I'm used to doing that a lot from playing Street Fighter and never really trying to like play anything skillful. I just play it to try and meet my brothers and but matching yeah. was my favorite way to do that. <laughs> nice. <laughs> well, that's an interesting thing. There's actually a bit of a crossover between um, Souls games and Street Fighter and fighter and technical fighters like that because of the yeah. hitboxes are so tight, usually in Dark Souls, not yeah. always. Yeah, that's why I I like that a lot. Like, um, I feel like if I was out of range of the the enemy's sword, I would, like he would whiff. And I felt like that was really cool. Like, I could space things properly because I could actually, like, depend on the hitbox to be, like, true to what I'm seeing. I could see the edge of the sword and nothing else. I'm not hit by some invisible, like, hitboxes. Yeah, we're looking at you, Jedi, Fallen Order. That's that's my biggest beef with Jedi Fallen Order. Oh, okay. Boxes are terrible. <laughs> oh, that's off topic. Yeah, so I th- to be honest, I think because I remember chatting with you a little bit in uh, DMs while you were going through Sekiro. And I, oh yeah, honest, that was especially <laughs> that was fighting the beheaded monkey or something like that. But the oh, next yeah, one, yeah. I was like, oh man, that was like that was totally a killer. <laughs> Yeah, he's a bit of a tricky boss because up until then, uh, every I would call him a hit point boss, not a poise a, a oh. posture boss. Yeah, I think that's a really good way to put it, honestly. And so it's, it throws you off. You've been taught to use posture 
and then you fight him and you kind of have to focus on just wearing his hit points down more so than the posture. Yeah, yeah. It's so it seems like counterintuitive, but I'm like so glad when you know, that's one of the best things about that game too, is that the satisfaction you get from killing a boss is like Heck way yeah. It's like I've never actually played a game that was that euphoric when you beat a, a big enemy. It's like, especially when you tried for like several hours to do it. <laughs> yeah, it honestly feels like you've been wielding the sword and like you've overcome. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you feel like you're physically fatigued. I yep. wish I had a sword to lean on after some <laughs> after some bosses dies. So I can like just grab something, just catch my breath after that. But yeah, for... I love that um, part of the game, and um, how they cool. call their the item drops that the big enemies leave is like memories. I think that's actually really cool. Yeah, I really like that touch. I really liked um, the story, how the, that fit into the story, and and aesthetically as well. But yeah, yeah. From my my outside perspective, watch or well, watching or hearing you about you playing it, it did feel like you were probably at an advantage compared to some other, like veteran souls players because you were coming in so fresh because yeah, you didn't have true. the muscle memory that yeah been... there wasn't anything to unlearn i yeah. just had to learn that one game and i feel like i also had lots of experienced people that i could ask and it was great like getting pointers from you that were like spoiler free because that's one thing i tried to avoid because i really liked the story of the game yes yeah, and it was good. just yeah it was just a really good experience overall because there was a lot of, like, what's it called? A lot of resources to help me out. Yeah, good. Well, I'm curious to know in the future how you get on if you get hooked on the Souls franchise going forward. <laughs> 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 I hope you do, because they're, they're cool games. Me too. Um, and on that note, I guess, do you have, off the top of your head, what would be your game of the decade to finish off our little chat? Oh. Because we're ending a decade. decade. So we may as yeah, well. Yeah, true. Interesting. Uh, I feel like it would have to be something really influential. I feel like I actually feel like seeing League of Legends because it's it actually is ten years old, <laughs> and it's still like really popular as a online game, and like to the point where it's still one of my favorite games to play, even though I've played it for like six years. Well, that. That's a good game to be a game of year if you played it for six years yeah. <laughs> consistently. <laughs> when, when did that release? Yeah, did. When did that come out? Um, the actual date was, let's see, I remember I was, like, I'm trying to remember back when I, because I was playing Han, like, Heroes of New Earth at the same time. So, let's see, that was back in college days, 2008. So I'm thinking it's around there. It's 2009. Uh, 27th so of October, 2009. Little... A little bit of a cheat. It's not in this decade, but I'll give it to you. You can have it as your <laughs> game in the decade. <laughs> well, thanks yeah. again for jumping on for this quick little chat and sharing your game of the year. Um, you can exactly. find uh, Savai. What's your Twitter handle? I just at Savai. Oh, it's, um, yeah, Savai sixty four. So it's S C V for Victor A double I six four. You can tell I'm used to spelling that out a lot. I used to work at a call center and have to spell my name all the time. <laughs> nice. Uh, he's, a, he's a top follow. He's one of the nicest people on Twitter. So if you want to oh, see yeah. what he's up to, go give him a follow. Um, thanks for joining me. Um, Thank you. We'll see you for now. Yo, this is Chris from Monster of the Week. And my game of the year for 2019 is Resident Evil 2 Remake. 
I don't know if that counts. It counts for me. It's more than just a simple remake. Um, but what makes this my favorite game out of all the games I've played this year is I've loved Resident Evil for what feels like most of my life, but I guess I didn't start until Resident Evil 4. Uh, and I have played most entries in the series, except for the original Resident Evil 2 and 3, like pretty big ones to miss out on. Um, so when this was announced, I was super excited. I really liked Resident Evil 7, but I liked that more as almost a different kind of horror game than than what I really like from Resident Evil, which, you know, it, it feels like it hasn't really been Resident Evil for a long time. It's been these action games and all that. But regardless of all that, having the opportunity to go back and visit this obviously really important entry in the series um, was awesome. Having, having uh, the full remake, making it a really enjoyable playing experience with all the bells and whistles of a modern game was really nice um, because as much as I as I love the series and as much as I've maybe read up on Resident Evil 2 over the years and had a desire to go back and play the PS1 game they're not that fun to play as a newcomer uh, Resident Evil 1 I've played a few times and you can hop in and and do those puzzles and very quickly when you know what you're doing but yeah hopping into a new experience like this is never my favorite um, so Coming into Resident Evil 2, it, it works super well on so many levels. The sound design, uh, the level design, everything, super fun. It was incredibly satisfying to actually like control and play, which is a, a huge part of a game. Uh, survival horror games can sometimes be cumbersome uh, and not, not all that much fun. Uh, yeah, Resident Evil 2 has the scares, it has the fun, it has the action, it has basically everything that I want out of a Resident Evil game. Um, and it makes me super excited for the future of this series. Uh, it also brought back... Um, what my favorite now, my new favorite version of Leon, uh, I love Resident Evil four Leon, who's just like way too cool for his own good, but like nobody actually thinks he's cool. He's just cracking jokes that nobody laughs at and we, we all love it. Resident Evil six Leon is definitely like way too try hard. Cool dude with like stubble and you know, that's, that's, he's no fun. He's just a little bit too cool for his own britches. You know what I'm saying? Resident Evil 2 Leon is just, like, so naive and silly um, in a way that I really, really loved. Like, every time that Leon would open a door and be scared by zombies and just go, what the? As if he hasn't been running around in a police station full of zombies for the last three hours. Um, the first time that he sees Mr. X and just gives a casual, Jesus Christ. It's his his underreactions to everything are my favorite thing about the entire game. Uh, just the way that Leon seems like he has no idea where he is or what he's doing is just really fantastic and it really heightened the experience for me uh at the end when he decides that he's going to um take a character in uh he feels that he has been betrayed and he says i'm taking you down to the station or i'm taking you in leon where are you taking them in where are you going buddy the police station's full of zombies you can't do that anyway yeah resident evil 2 uh, my game of the year i played sekiro and i played a lot of other great games this year um uh, but resident evil 2 remake is what i came back to for probably four or five playthroughs um, it had that replayability and it's a type of game where I felt like I could just kind of pick it up at any time and, and play it. Um, I don't want to give a shout out to Trails of Cold Steel. Uh, I love JRPGs, but this, uh, the, these beasts of, of games took me a really long time to get into. Uh, I first played Trails of Cold Steel back on the Vita. They re-released them on PS4. It's part of a really long running series, but the story is fantastic. It's really slow and takes a long time to get into, but I just wanted to shout it out because I spent probably 200 hours this year playing these games. Uh, and another game I wanted to shout out really quick was The Long Dark, which is a game by Hinterland Games, a Canadian studio. It is a game from a couple years ago, so I don't really know if that counts for this list. 
but it is a survival game, uh, a nature survival game. You're just out in the wilderness, in the snow, trying to survive. You have to stay warm. Uh, you have to eat, sleep, do all that, you know, the, the basic bodily functions. Thankfully, there is not a shit meter in this game because that would be just one stat too far for me. Um, but I found that I have spent hours and hours and hours and hours this year and, and last year playing this game. Uh, I feel like it fits into my 2019 list because they just recently did uh, huge updates to both the story mode in the game and to the survival mode in the game. Survival mode, that's what I play in the long dark. Just you're out in a big sandbox world. You got to stay alive. It's snowing. There's wolves coming after you. You just you got to beat the elements. I've had so many incredible experiences with that and now with the new update it feels like i'm finding all these new reasons to play again uh and yeah i just wanted to shout that out the long dark fantastic game it's on steam it's on ps4 i'm sure it's on xbox it's all over the place um well worth your time if you're into survival experiences um it's a small team that's constantly working on that game so yeah anyway thanks for listening to me ramble and um see you guys in 2020 and that's our listeners games of the year yeah, it's a good, <laughs> good, good, good list there. I'm going to predict that Sekiro's won Game of the Year again. Shocking. <laughs> um, but yeah, um, 2019, cracking year. Strong. Yep. Strong. Um, I enjoyed it. Hopefully next year I'll review 173 games. Um, <laughs> but yeah, um, I really need to get out more. Uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, I've really enjoyed it and I've enjoyed... Uh, might as well take this opportunity. I've enjoyed manning the good ship, uh, Dark Insight, because it's a fine ship, and I'm glad you've had me back, despite changing the locks five times. Um, <laughs> I, I know I'm not your typical Souls fan, as he enjoys the Souls of the automotive variety. Um, but you know, it was good. It's good to be here, and I've enjoyed chatting the chat and talking the talk, as they say. It's good to have variety. Absolutely. Indeed. So is that us? You'd somebody want to give us domestics if they want to find us anywhere in the world? Uh, yeah, I can do that. Uh, you can find this podcast Twitter on Dark Insight Pod, and it's at darkinsight.net online. Uh, Brian, do you want to plug out? <laughs> Our, our website, uh, darkinsight.net, where you can read articles that haven't been posted in uh, probably over a year at this point. <laughs> uh, three years. Um, vintage. Best vintage. of the decade. Yep. That's right. There is a Last really decade. good one. There's a really good one about how uh, on there, if I remember correctly, about how the Lord Vessel is, is the Ocarina of Time from Zelda. is the same kind of yeah. mechanical. It's a good article. Did we, did we allow... Richard to talk about how the bat the Demon Souls was bad. Did we allow that on the blog? I don't know. I don't think it I would have allowed it. Yeah. Some some of them want to go and check it's still I'm just gonna I'm just gonna delete this, don't mind me. <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah Brian, we're about where can people find you? Uh at WayBrianR on Twitter dot com. Look me up. Do it. Uh, Stuart, Stuart, what about you? You can find me at FuryAC3 on Twitter and all other social medias. And I'm Vader Van Odin on and Twitter Twitter. and a mini place. So just leaves for, for us to say, I hope you all have a Happy New Year, a crazy Kwanzaa, a solemn Ramadan, and uh, whatever else you might like to make up as a religious festival for our 
creating a new year. I probably slaughtered many people there and angered, angered many, but that's my job. So, yeah, um, hope you have a good one and you join us next year for more fun, for allics and madness. Absolutely. Bye-bye. Good night. Catchies. <laughs>